Hello and welcome to Edge of Empire, a Horus Heresy podcast. Hello and welcome to episode five of year two of the Edge of Empire podcast, um, podcast all about the Horus Heresy. And tonight what we're going to be doing is the following. We're going to have a quick look at this month's new release, not releases, release, um, an update of what we've been up to this month, uh, run through of the month's Heresy news, um, some brief reviews of this month, of this month's latest Black Library releases. Uh, then we're going to run through the Legionis Astartes Lord of War choices and give our opinions on them. Mm. Um, yep. We're going to then present the lists that we're taking to the London Heresy. Maybe um, talk about a couple of the lists on there. And then I think we're going to do a challenge to see which of one of us can put together the a uh, list from the uh, the best list from the Cults and Militia Army list. Yes, indeed. And then finally, Absolutely. we'll have a look at what events are coming up across the UK. Many. That's the answer to that question. <laughs> there really, there really is. That list there seems really to be getting is. longer and longer. But it's gotten shorter now because I've just taken off the uh, sold out stuff. Okay, cool. okay, okay. Fair play. All right, so let's move on to the new releases then. Yes. Now we're going to have a look at the new release this month. Not releases, just release. Um, and it's an interesting one. It's the um, Aurochs Armor Transport, um, which is a Rhino-style transport available for the Solar Auxilia and the Militia and Cults. So what do you two think about this model then? I really I, like it. Yeah, I do as well, but it kind of came out of nowhere. I must admit I was uh, a little surprised by it, but... It's 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 like a yeah, it looks like a solar auxiliary rhino, doesn't it? It's got some yeah. sort of solar auxiliary styling to it. Mm. Um, it's it's got that it's, it's that back section, is that very sort of um, steampunky back? Yeah, on that yeah. <clears throat> more traditional First World War inspired um, sort of main chassis. Mm. Yeah, but uh, you know, I think it's a cool looking model, and I can see it being. I suppose the question is. Um, I could see it being a very good thing for the um, solar auxiliary because th- there are other alternatives. I think are just um, the Dracosian, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They haven't got a, a cheap transport per se, so yeah, definitely awesome for them. The militia and cults, so they there's a lot of sort of different transport options already for them. So, including as I found out when we were doing our list challenge, um, you can give them land raiders and rhinos and everything. Yeah, depending already, on your so. um, depending yeah. on your provenance yeah. of war. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, I think it's definitely a, a big plus point for the um, the solar auxiliary. A really useful addition to their yeah. army. I mean, it only allow you can only use it for the storm section or the flamer section, but they're the right, only yeah. they're the only units that can use it in the in the um, solar orcs. But they're the ten man units. Yes, that's right. Because the other one, the las rifle section, isn't that much bigger? Twenty man unit right. minimum. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. So that's where you're going to need that Dracosian for the. Yeah. But, but it's um it's, it's a cool looking model, I must say, and it does definitely fit with the overall army aesthetic, I think. But so, you're yeah. not you're not going to use it for um a storm section with the power axes, though, are you? Because <laughs> it's not an assault vehicle. Because it's not an assault vehicle. Yeah. yeah, no, that's very true. Um, but then I don't think they have got one at all, have they? I mean, it's the the Dracosian isn't an assault vehicle either, unless I'm my memory's fading. So it might be. 
I don't know if it is. I don't think it is. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously the, these the militia, there's the militia rules because um, that that's limited into what units can use that. That can be used by a platoon command cadre and grenadier yep. squads. Yeah, makes sense. So yeah, I think you know whether we'll see many of them. I don't know, but I think um, I suppose it really depends on what you do with your solo auxiliary. I've always liked the idea of the solo auxiliary um, with the um, Volkites, you know, the, the, the short range Volkites. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, charges. Be, yeah, they could be quite good um, to sort of jump out of a, you know, 10 of them jumping out of a, a Rhino and then putting some uh, Volkite shots into um, some Space Marines, for example. Definitely. Strength five wounded on threes. I mean, obviously they're going to have to wait for them to fail their armor saves, but still quite a lot of shots. Yeah. Um, and I think that's an, I think they're an assault um, weapon as well. So they could actually technically charge afterwards. So no, um, not yeah. after they jump straight out of the vehicle. Oh no, of course they can't. Assault vehicle, but yeah, um, yeah. I think it's it's a, it's a good looking model, and it's um, a probably very welcome addition. You don't see solar auxiliary very often, do you? Or I haven't. I think um, it might be the cost of it. Yeah, I think the cost of them is that puts mm. people off. But it's a it's a lovely army, lovely army. Mm. It really is. And I think it's an it's an aspirational army for me to do. To be honest with you, definitely. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> looking at the, the sort of the that model and sort of doing the doing having that model and then doing the, the list challenge that we've done for mm-hmm. this month uh, it, there was there's a big hole in my heart just going you know you love you you love your guard army you do so yeah that's true you've still got tons of that kicking about yeah exactly in, in, in the mythical loft and <laughs> in, the, in the loft and i know the the guard are all in the, in the loft but oh, right. you know there are things that I'm in there that it's, it was just that oh, you know you could put some of that to use and, and do a, and, and it's sort of looking at this, just sort of this, this model didn't, didn't help that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny actually, you should mention that because when I was doing the Colts militia list that I was going to do, I was thinking, do you know what? I've, I've got this 40 K uh, guard army here mm. that I made. And I was like, actually, hmm. anyway, we'll come on to that. Yeah. We're going to yeah, yeah, ahead so. a bit, aren't we? But yes, yeah, I totally yeah, yeah. get where you're coming from. It's a good model. Um, I think if, if I, if I was a, Solar auxiliary player, and I hadn't already, you know, spent a horrific amount of money to get Dracosians. I'd definitely be getting this, so definitely worthwhile. Um, which you've got Dracosians though, I suppose how much is the Dracosian? What is it? Like, 80, know, it, does it? 83 no. pounds, it is, in, like, I think, in human money. Yeah, I think points wise, though, it clocks in a fair few, it's over 100 points. I can't remember what it is at the top of my head, but it's, I think, if you give it the demolisher cannon and a flare shield. You know, it, it's it's almost in land raider territory points yeah. wise. So, um, but yeah, um, very good, but uh, a bit slow on the release front. I suppose the, the question is, um, do we think this is a, a prelude to uh, Warhammer Fest, Michael? Which you, uh, our roving reporter, are are journeying to, aren't you? Uh, quite possibly, but then again, there's been Necromunda releases. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. there's been a lot. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of polls on Forgeworld's time these days, isn't there? That's the thing. Yeah, bit that was yeah, and I think we'll, we'll come on to that, won't we, in the um, the sort of State of the Union stuff that, that we do, particularly with the controversy around um, some of the withdrawal of, of sort of key units. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, Spin on to that one. But yeah, a bit of a bit of a slow month. In fact, the slowest month that I can recall. Yes. Usually there's a door or something we can talk about. But no, <laughs> yeah. uh, the Decrosian transport, I've pulled it up here. It comes out at 135 points basic. Yeah. It's yeah, not it's an assault vehicle. There you go. 
Uh, but yeah, a flare shield adds on 25 points. You put on a demolisher cannon, that's another 30 points. Yeah, um, right. dozer blade, which is yep. for something, if that, you know, that amount of points, you're going to mm. put a dozer blade on it. It's another five points. Yeah. Um, so you're looking at 200 up. points, aren't you? Well, when all Armored ceramite, 200 points. Yeah, well, sorry, 20 points. 20 points, yeah. Not yeah. 200 points, 20 points. So, so you can yeah. make a great transport from them. It's just um, points-wise quite pricey, which is where this particular model um, would, would help you out if you wanted to do a, a kind of old style rhino rush approach yeah. with your solar yeah. 30 points is not something to be sniffed at oh, sorry 35 points is not something to be sniffed at what was that for the, the 35 points for the solar auxiliar transport the the right, the, yeah. the, the aurox yeah. saturnine pattern so it's 35 yeah, it's points. basically the same as the same as a rhino isn't it cost wise yeah but the militia one is 10 points cheaper is it yeah because it doesn't have the uh explorator adaptation which i forget what it does oh that's one of those weird ones do you know what actually listeners as last last uh, podcast, I was woefully unprepared and my books with me. I've actually got the books with me this week, all three of them. So I'm not going to be caught short <laughs> for answers. Although when I recorded, um, I did a little uh, test recording for Dreadclaw, I realised I hadn't a clue what I was talking about when it came to certain units. So um, yeah, I'm not I'm not infallible by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Explorator Array. So I'm looking auxiliary oh, drive. Let's see, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Oh, nope. Go straight to Flare Shield. Always the way. I'm looking for it now. Explorator <laughs> Adaptations. There it is. Um, just got a um, Explorator Adaptations vehicle with a special rule. Have an invuln of six plus against any attack with a blast or template special rule. Count as void hardened in games where this might have an effect. Failed dangerous terrain tests by this vehicle, by vehicles with this special rule, must be re rolled. Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah, so it's not quite like so. It's a, I guess it's a bit like a um, dozer blade, but with a slight add-on, isn't it? Yeah. So pretty yeah. good because you can't yeah, take. It. So it's essentially got a built-in dozer blade. Yeah, for thirty-five points, actually, that is a bargain. Yeah, not so, a bad, yeah. not a bad little transport there. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so shall we move on and talk about what we've been doing this month? Let's do yeah. just go for it. <laughs> Okay, so what have you been up to this month then, Graham? Do you know what? I've actually had a productive and busy month this month. So good. First things first was um, so the sort of semi-regular um, meetup that we have in Whitley Bay. Yep. Um, that Richie runs. Uh, he wanted to do a week where we brought Primarchs, and uh, I had Angron unassembled, um, and so I had to frantically get him assembled and painted. Um, for that, as well as while I was there, I thought, oh, I'll make these destroyers up because I've always liked the destroyers and I got them specifically because I've painted up a um, Moritat. And obviously the Moritat, the only unit it can join is the destroyer unit. So yeah, I kind of got this, but I realized that the upgrade parts, which I'd got were for the 40k World Eaters. So oh. uh, so I put them together with 40k World Eater bits. They still look good because, you know, fluff wise, it's sort of like you, you can say it's... As they're falling to to, to corn, the transitioning, yeah. transitioning yeah. is what I've gone for basically, and I, I'm going to paint the. Um, I, I kind of managed to get them all painted because, um, but I want to do a bit more work on them to make their. So you know the classic corn style helmets with the big, you know, corn mm-hmm. bits sticking out. Yeah, I'm going to do those uh, in the in red. Ooh, I was actually was struggling nice, yeah. to find a decent red 
um, to to do that because uh, every red that I've used so far has come out um, almost crimsony, and I want something a bit darker. So I'm going to try and mess around and maybe mix some mix some colours up together and see what I can get. I don't know if you recommend a good red from your um your uh, word bearers. Um, I would go with corn red myself. Yeah, okay, I'll give that a go. Um, I think I've been using some of the army painter ones, and I don't usually use red anywhere. So this is uh, in kind of fact. Like, Duncan did a how to paint corn berserkers video. Yeah, that was today, wasn't it? Yeah, today. Yeah, it was today. I'll tell you what I have found on the train. That is actually quite cool. I'm quite tempted to do this. I did this with the other model. One of the other models I painted was the Apocalypse 3. Was um, using that, uh, what's it called? Spirit Stone Red. Oh, Yeah. yeah, that's nice. So I might have a look and see what that looks like. I think it's the key for that one is getting the right under, under color. Um, to work so at the moment they're painted white and i think i just painted this color straight so white it won't look right so i might have to paint silver first and then try it but so give them a sort yeah. of shiny red look oh, yeah, you could yeah, try I mean, I've, brass i've done that on some gemstones so i can send you some pictures of what it looks like all right um, cool. on one of the bases for one of the one of my guys got you so I, I, I did do it because for the apocrypha three so some other things and so not only was i painting angron which i've got to say you know, because it's a Primark, you get that paint fear, uh, regardless. But actually, he's not a difficult model to paint because um, he's really only a couple of colours, which is that kind of bronze armour that he has. Um, the key to him really was getting his face right and getting the right flesh tone, which I think I managed to achieve, which I'm very pleased with. Um, but I've got to be honest with you, my, my ability to paint flesh is, is very hit and missy. I could sort of paint it. And then go, oh, actually, that looks pretty good. And then forget how I did it for the next one. So, um, yeah, he's actually come out okay. So I'm quite pleased with him. Um, he was, uh, I talked about how well he or didn't do in the in the pursuing battle. But So I've got the Destroyers painted and I've got the Angron painted. And then I still had some work to do for London Heresy. So um, I had uh, five um, Laz Cannon uh, guys uh, that I got off Christian. Um, with the, I forget what the pattern is, but not the over-the-top shoulder pattern las cannons, but the under-slung las cannons. Oh, yeah. Um, so I painted those up for my own havocs, and um, so I've got five of those painted as well, so I've been pretty busy. Um, the other thing that I've done for those is, that I don't know if you're permitted, but the, the actual models themselves have this really awkward piece of resin that you have to kind of bend around um, oh, for yeah. the sort of ammo belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've defaulted to my cheat tactic, which is to use um, freezer bag ties, which is that kind of uh, wire, um, plastic coated wire. Um, and it looks all right, actually. So I'm quite pleased with that because it's a lot easier to position and glue on than it is trying to get this resin to not break. So um, they're ready to go. And I also did the Apoc 3 um, for my list. So that's from the Apoc 3 set that you actually gave me, Chris. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so uh, I was quite pleased with him because I think it's a really good-looking model. Uh, yeah. I think it's Mark IV armour he might be wearing, but um, it's still a cool-looking model. And um, as I painted him up, I was quite pleased with how he turned out, actually, because obviously my practice of doing whites has come in incredibly useful um, to do that because obviously, you know, you want that sort of whiteness on an apocryphy. Um But also, like I said, I started to use the um, Spirit Stone Red to um, do the sort of uh, some of the vials and things that they had because um, there's quite a lot of, sort of different um, containers that the Apocryphy figure has. So I painted that up in with that spirit stone. I'm quite pleased with that effect, actually. So undercoated in silver and then painted with 
um, Spirit Stone Red. So that's gone okay. So super busy. I've painted a ton of stuff this month, which is uh, nice. rare. What about you? <laughs> what about your good self? You've had a you've had a challenge on your hands. Well, um, what have I painted so far? I yeah. So I so the, 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 the last month's episode, I decided I let the listeners mm-hmm. vote. As to what lists, yeah. I, I've put two options out of, of what to take for London. Mm-hmm. And the one that had the that I didn't have as many models ready for was the one that won that vote. Oh, of course it was. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, yeah, the last, um, I think when we last recorded, my forge-odd delivery had just turned up. Um, yes, that's right. And since yeah, so since then I've put the jet bikes together and painted them. They just need a um, a few details on the um, bikers themselves. I've airbrushed the bodies and things of the of the actual chassis of the bikes and everything, nice. the same way I'd normally do because I like to get that sort of slightly two tony mm. red because um, they've got sort of a couple of really sort of exposed sections so. Um, I'm quite happy with how they've turned out so far. So that's that's been good. I've got I've done ten sisters of silence. Yes, um, you swore. You sent me the message. So, yeah, I, I yeah, yeah. I had the message as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I sent it to you guys. Cause yeah. In hindsight, I only have myself to blame mm-hmm. because basically I went. All right, I'm just going to build these. I don't need to look at the instructions. I'm sure it won't be a problem. <laughs> they're quite fiddly aren't they they are fiddly and they have to uh, you have to assemble each one a certain way right so it's not you like one model's the same as all the others it's they're, they're all individuals that you have to yeah, push together and they're all right. you know, it's not like <clears throat> I mean guard are a good example you know you don't get arms bodies and things like that that can just go with any guy mm. a certain, you know there is one that you know there isn't there are five in the box they have to be assembled like those um, you know, in that pose, there's not a lot of room for um, messing about with the posters and everything. Got yeah. Which was, yeah, it's, it's alright. It, it seems it to be sped a... things up in a way, but it was a bit disappointing in another way. It seems to be a thing with a lot of new Games Workshop kits. I've noticed, especially since the um, Mechanicum. You know, you've got some really, really cool looking models, but mm. they're very monopose with very little yeah. ability to vary them. Yeah. And so you get five in a box, which I'd forgotten about because I went, oh, yeah, I've got a box of Sisters Islands. I opened it up and there was five models in there. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> <clears throat> Ended up buying uh, two more boxes. Because... Me. I got no, 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 but I, I will use the remaining ones I haven't okay. used for something else in the future. I've got a plan for them for the future. Ooh, yeah, um, you, you've got my old one, Graham. It's just a, uh, another little five-man squad for... Um, uh, not Oblivion Knights. It's the HQ. There's an HQ squad where they're all poisoned up and everything like that. I'm going to build those. It's, okay. So I've got, I've got five left over. Um, yeah, so and that was it was good in a way that they were the second live ones I put together were quick to pose because it meant there wasn't too much messing around. Yeah. But in the 10 that I've got, you know, there are doubles and even with the custodes that I've got, you know, the number of them I've got, there's a bit of, there's not a massive amount of variety, but arms are at different heights. They're in, you know, on the, on their poses, they're slightly different. You know, there's, there aren't any two that are identical. Right. 
the sister science, you know, there are four sets of twins, basically. Right. Which is, which is all right. Yeah. Um, so I've I ordered the bases for those, so they've got the same um, wraith bone bases, which, of course, is another thing because they're designed to be put on 30 mil bases, and the wraith stone bases that I've got are 25 mil for them. Whoops. So there's a balancing act going on for a couple of them, but gotcha. I mean, that's once they were built, Nothing's the time. Nothing's ever the, easy, is it? Nothing. No, I mean, the, the time, once I'd got them built, you know, a certain amount of time was working out with who's who was going to be work best on which base for like their leg positioning and making it didn't look, so they didn't look mental. Um, so that was, that was good, but they're pretty much done. There's a few little gold bits to do. So I've done them. Oh, the really sort of, I, I sprayed them base coated them black. I've given them a really light dry brushing of the, um, it was bulk gun metal, but I can never remember what it's called now. Iron Breaker, that's it. No, no, so no. Iron Breaker was um, chainmail. Oh, okay. Lead Belcher. Lead Belcher, yeah. Ah, right. That used to be bulk gun metal. I mostly know these because I've, I've got a conversion chart uh, oh, I see. right in front of me. Ah. Ah. Oh, I've done that with Iron Breaker. So, um, but they've had a really light dry brushing of that just to you know, the, their armor is metal colored, but it's quite dark. Yeah, and I gave them a wash with the um, the blue wash, which the name of which is now also escaped me. Um, Drakenhof nightshade. Yes, dark, the dark blue one. Yeah, yeah, just to really, really dull them down even further. Nice. Just um, dark yeah, grim. Well, I, I I want them to be in juxtaposition to the. Custodes, Ooh. who are very bright and gold. Yes. And then there's just going to be this little... I mean, they're, so they're going to be Oblivion Knights. That's their mm-hmm. squad so, name. What, what, does that, what do they do? I mean, I'm... Like so to, they're the... They're like, unaware. No, so they have the... Um, both the nasty rules for Psychers. Mm-hmm. So they don't just... They can, they'll stop um, Psychers within 12 inches or 6 inches generating warp points, things like that. Nice. Um, they can really, okay. really ruin your day. So let me just find the, find the thing. But yes, yeah, so I've got um squad of 10, basically, eight of the Oblivion Knights, one for their sort of uh, sergeant, and then their HQ, which is the Knight Centura. So it's just one little compact squad of 10. I will expand okay. it at some point. Sure. Um but just for the purposes of London and points, and yeah, yeah. Uh, at the time not wanting to build you know, too many extra additional things. Okay. So yeah, so then I've done their cloaks dark purple again because the custodes cloaks are white and things. So I wanted them to look um, completely different to how my custode guys looked. Excellent. Which nice is, which to see good. So them, uh, then... I've, I've built and painted an Aquilian Terminator. No, just teasing us now. Just to go for the. So I need, I need four for London. I had three built already, so I've built and painted another one of those. Mm-hmm. He just needs to go on his base, which I've just sprayed this afternoon. Cool. Um, what else have I done? Uh, my magnets have t- the magnets have turned up for the talent for the <laughs> other bits and pieces. I have a small drawer of highly powerful magnets that 
Um, well, I sent you a video of them, and we yes. worked out that we can't actually let you near my the Orion once it's done because it'll yeah. it won't be good for you. Um, yeah. So then the Orion, which isn't assembled, but I have spray. I've painted. I've spray painted everything. Everything's base coated. Oh, right. okay. So the body is gold. All the bits that are going to be metal coloured are all based black. The mm. nacelles have got the um, the red in the nacelle sections. I did those this afternoon, uh, not this afternoon, yesterday evening. I quickly did those when I got in from work, just because I, time was getting away from me. Otherwise, got you. Um, so at this point, I'm sort of I can spend a couple of days assembling it. Yep, which should be good. And then next week, it's just going to be probably. Doing a little bit of detail, little sort of edge highlighting. I'm realistically not going to have a lot of time to get no. everything done to it, but I'll get it at least. It's going to have at least you know three or four colours on it and tabletop and look table yeah look tabletop ready and that's yeah. the big thing. That's the, that's the main thing. Um, it's funny because I was listening to the Imperial Truths podcast and I like listening to Neil. who's I'm not really a big fan of painting and he makes it quite interesting. Mm. But I think he's going in for the Golden Demon. I think so. He was talking about spending, like they get the kind of partitioning his time off, sort of time boxing two hours for an arm. And okay. it's like, you know, I would, you know, I'd have to figure it done. If, if, I, yeah, if I'm not getting five guys done in two hours, I'm disappointed. <laughs> so I, think that's, I mean, obviously he is a, a talented guy. Um, but yeah, wow, two hours for an arm. Brilliant. Can't wait to see his figures, actually. So. No, it's good. Yeah. But I will try and get some photos. Yeah, I think it's a Primaris apothecary he's putting in. I haven't listened to the latest uh, Imperial Truth episode yet, so yeah, I think so. And I think he's um, it sounds like he's doing like a diorama kind of thing, which sounds really really cool. So, um, if you are not, not just Michael, but if you are going to Warhammer Fest, get, have a look out for that. Yeah, because that's where the Golden Demon isn't it? That's the judging is. Yep, Sunday Warhammer Fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday. I am. Uh, gotcha. I'm going specifically for the Golden Demon. You go Saturday, cool. you get all the you get all the advanced, you know stuff uh, announcements but you go sunday you get the golden demon got you that's, okay so, uh, so um, what about your good self well i haven't done anything this month at all because i've been concentrating on some 40k stuff and doing a bit of blood bowl um but i have oh, um, it gets worse it's not just 40k it's another game as well completely different yeah i mean next thing you'll be saying is doing bolt action or something <laughs> No, that that's probably oh. never going to get out of the box. Um, but um, the Legion of Lies podcast, they're doing this challenge. Um, basically, right. take a calf box and the units you get in there, and then you get £55 to spend on upgrades uh, from Forge World or eBay or third parties or whatever. Mm. And then all come w- together at uh, Warhammer World e- early next year um, with an Istvan free list uh, to recreate the battle. So, That's a cracking idea like that. That's genius. It's cool. And I decided to go in with Death Guard. So it's just going to be one massive battle of Punch well, ter- Terminators and fellas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Centurion lists as well, so no tanks allowed. So that can't be okay. one of your upgrades. Can't have it all. So, you know, <sighs> you, know you, you, you get 30 guys... Two characters, which you can swap out for any other any other character, because I'm I'm swapping mine out for a um uh, uh, a I'm swapping my my chaplain out for a master of signal. 
Right. Okay. Um, and combining him with some with some uh, Volkite Culverin guys because I love those Volkite Culverins. Right. And um, Kalf the Mark Three sets. Kalf is Mark Four, but what you can do is swap out your, your plastic, so you can swap Mark Fours uh, for Mark Threes. So if I okay. That does sound pretty cool, actually. And do you know what? I bought a load of Mark Four. I think they're from the Calf set of Christian. Mark Four. Like about there's at least thirty there. So, um, so oh, that's interesting. Maybe I should ask people what my next because I mean, fifteen hundred points I could probably do. Yeah. Um, without it becoming a, you know, I won't start then going crazy and buying crazy stuff for it. Uh-huh. Although with within it's the realms of three armies. Yeah, it's a dangerous place to be. That it is. Yeah, I mean, it is. But I, I'm probably going to make mine just a, just a sort of at most a zone mortalis force. I just suppose a, just a little, just a little something on the side kind of thing. Yeah, just a, just it's, a, it's a little, it's an appetizer, isn't it? It's a little, little dabble. Yeah. So Istvan was it Istvan five or Istvan three? Istvan three. So you're limited to the first four legions in the in the book. So Sons of Horus, Emperor's Children, Death Guard, and the World Eaters. Right. So you can always just okay. bring your world eaters. I know it's a bit cheating because you've already, but, but you've already done them, but yeah, they're already terminated. So I would probably, do you know what I would do, given the choice of those, I would do Sons of Horus. Sons of Horus. Oh, oh, what's that noise? Uh, I've always fancied them, and I think they look really great. And I know that they've stopped doing the paint for them now, but um, I like that kind of green colour that they've got. You yeah. know, there's a and really, I'm, really good painting guide. Snap it up off the Forge on website quickly. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a really good painting guide that Duncan did um, on um, painting Sons of Horus. And it starts off with a grey base coat and then painting uh, a green on top of that. Okay. And then isn't there a... On the Forge on website, isn't there a one they did as well? Didn't they do a... Yeah, they um, did do a, a painting guide for that. For they the, did do a painting guide, but that's that's um, really advanced. Um, oh, I'm yeah, just going to look talking up. about. Is it more complicated than my normal approach, which is put some colours on and then a wash? But as and we then, know, that's not true. After your painting guide for the Iron Warriors, yeah, yeah, your, 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 your painting guide for the Iron Warriors is silver on before you're happy. <laughs> yeah, basically, the, the the I'm just skipping through the the video here. You start with Mechanica Standard Grey as your base coat. Mm-hmm. And then you put on calibite green on top, okay. which will give it a sort of grey green green look. And then you do your, your, your you know your highlight, not highlight, you know your your recess wash with null mm. oil, and then you um, highlight with dawnstone. Okay, and that gives nice. a really really nice look. Cool. Um, it's it's not. You know, quite the same as as a, uh, a, a you know, as using the Lupercal green and all that, but it's not bad. Okay. I mean, I think that would be an interesting army to do. If I'm honest with you, I've always, I mean, I quite liked the, I quite like them in the books. So is this? So basically, this would be what would this be? You would be fighting loyalist and traitor versions of the same legions. Yeah? Exactly. Yep. So going back okay. to the, to the very starting days of of the Horus Heresy books. Went so all- you could do like uh, Garrow's um, Death Guard, couldn't you? Yes. Yeah. Which I can, cons- which I, I considered doing, but then I was yeah. like, you know what? I really want to. I really want a um, a uh, a, a, a Praetor with a, a power scythe. Okay, fair play. 
So, what's, what's, so what else was it? So, Empress Children as well, wasn't it? Empress Children, uh, World Eaters, and Sons of Horus, and Death Guard, and Death Guard. Death Guard. Yeah. See, Empress Children, I like it when they're loyalist. <laughs> if that makes any <laughs> sense, because otherwise we're into that one of the most annoying people in the Heresy, uh, Eidolon, who are frankly, I wouldn't. Um, how can I put this? Should the chap burst Just... into flames in front of me, I wouldn't require any kind of bodily function uh, to put him out. Let's put it that way. Yeah, which is fair enough. Yes, I just, it's horrible. It's just such a... Um, so like he was always, he's always put me off, but is it Sol Tarvitz, is it? Sol Tarvitz, yeah. Yeah. He's a loyalist, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yes. He's cool as. So, decisions, decisions. And when's that? Beginning of the year? Next year? Uh, get them ready for beginning of the year. So the event's going to be beginning of the year. Well, beginning of next year, that is. I quite fancy that, you know. That would be good fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. Is it, is it going to be like one big massive battle or like lots of little Zone Mortalis things? Uh, one massive great big battle on the same table. Oh, that's too good to miss. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Okay. So lots, mean... of, lots of do's, lots of dreadnoughts. <laughs> so when it says upgrades, you, so you said you could take Volkite. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. So you get you get the, 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 the calf box and then £55 to spend on upgrades. £55, right. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's 55 points. I was like, oof, that's going to be tight. But yeah, 50, 55, 55 pounds. pounds to spend on upgrade packs, which if you start adding different weapons to your Dreadnought. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Volkites are 13.50 for five. Only you want five ah, of them. Only you want five of them. Not if you do it at the moment, because if you buy one you Dreadnought free. and a Dreadnought, draw by a weapon and a the Dreadnought, you get another weapon for free. So Yeah, that's exactly what I've done. But I can't <laughs> count the I can't count the Dreadnought. <laughs> I can't count the dreadnought because um, to, to, to my actually yeah ten pounds yeah I suppose I spent I haven't spent the eight pounds over that I thought I'd spent then okay that's fair enough yeah I suppose that is a bit cheeky but yeah I can see where you're coming from the fact yeah. that you, could, you bought it when it was on special so that does sound like something we should um, potentially do that does sound like a lot of fun yeah so we'll um, uh, have a think about that and maybe um. Maybe I'll put it out there to a to a vote and see which army people want me to do. Yeah. Because I think once I'm getting through my world eaters slowly, but sh- not as quickly as I'd like. Um, but I think they're going to be done to their completion probably September this year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe in time for um, Company of Legends. Ooh. So I might take them for Company of Legends rather than the Iron Warriors. That'd be cool. Um, so. Um, that would then mean I would have a bit of time to do a load of uh, paint up a load of Marines. So yeah, sounds good. Good plan. Yeah. So I, I bought, I have bought some of the cosmetic torso and the head upgrades, but I'm not counting them towards my budget. Didn't you um, spend all your money on this that you were saving up diligently for the warlord, warhound, warlord, warhound time? Yeah. It's all gone on upgrades, but we'll, we'll, we'll get, ra- we'll get around to that. Sad <laughs> when, uh, when are they? So, what about games okay. played? Uh, Chris, have you played any? I haven't. I'm saving myself for the week. Well, what time is that? Next weekend. Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks time. Yeah, two weeks time. Yeah. So you'll go. You'll have eleven games this year, Chris. I know, okay. and we've still got events to go to. 
I'll have played though. Because you'll have done yeah. five. Although we did one at um, yeah. last time. There's going to be five at the Heresy the Weekend London. we're going to. And there's going to be five, five at, at company, company Legends. And then um, Glory, November, Blood and Glory. Right. I've got the time off for Blood and Glory. Oh, You've got the time geez. off. Brilliant. Yeah. That's been that's all got sorted because I've been a bit of wriggling around with um, days and things. Yeah, well, um, I managed to squeeze an extra two days of holiday. So yeah, yeah, because because obviously you work in uh, retail, so and I that do. time of year for your particular form of retail, I suppose. Well, if Blood and Glory was any other week in November, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be taking. I couldn't do it. Where nice. I work, we can't take um, holiday after like the second week of November. So until the end of the year. So uh, yeah, if it, if it was later in that month, um, it, it wouldn't have happened. Wowzers. So, yeah. And uh, we're going to look into staying at our favourite hotel chain, the, uh, the Hallmark. Hallmark, yeah. Hallmark I think we should. I think we absolutely should. See if we can get the same room again. Past, I'm, past, I'm going to write to them for sponsorship, I've decided. I passed one of them on the, um, <laughs> on the way home from Suffolk the other day, yesterday. Ah, a classy, a classy right. establishment. Was it yesterday? I'd like, no, I'd like it was to point out the last Monday. episode was called The Tangent was it the last episode was tangent within? I think we're getting on that. We're yeah. getting on those grounds yeah. at this point. Yeah. Okay, so games played. Game Graham, you, you you played at Whitley Bay as you mentioned. So who yes, did I you did. play? So this, so I played against uh, Gav, uh, who's a who's a tough cookie. And to be fair to the guy, so he, this was a really interesting mission. Um, so what Richard said was, uh, can you bring a Primarchs because we want a sort of Primarch scrap? And the mission was was weird. I've never seen it before. I think it's in one of the books. But basically, you start with your two Primarchs in the middle of the battlefield. The deployment is the um, hammer and anvil style deployment, apart from your Primarchs, who can be in this 18-inch circle in the middle of the battlefield. Hmm. And um, so I took my World Eaters. So uh, I had my Dreadnoughts and I had my Terminators. Um, I swapped out the Cestus, actually I literally swapped the Cestus for a Storm Eagle. Um, so I've now got a Storm Eagle rather than the Cestus because, as we talked about on this um, podcast, I prefer the Storm Eagle as a as a vehicle. Um, and so I thought, what I'll do is I'll put Angron and some Terminators in the Storm Eagle, and then they'll come screaming in and cause merry hell. But of course, with this mission, I couldn't do that because I had to deploy Angron within this 18-inch circle in the middle of the battlefield which wasn't yeah. ideal because all of my army was obviously going to come in from Deep Strike pretty much apart from the um, Dreadnoughts, but obviously they had to hoof it. And I was playing against uh, Gav, who had a pretty tough, iron, well, he had a tough Iron Warriors list. Um, and he did say to me, look, I'll change the list. I was like, no, no, come on, it's, it's fine, mate. You can you take it. Yeah, so, Gareth you know, does I'm, bring I'll, tough lists. He does, but he was quite happy to change it, and I was insistent that he didn't because I, I fancied the challenge. Um so he had, so like I said, I had my normal, we had three squads of Terminators, Storm Eagle, two Dreadclaw, um, Drop Pods, a um, Derradeo, I want to say, yeah, Derradeo, um, and then about four um, Dreadnoughts of varying, I think three of them were Cortus uh, Pattern Naka Dreadnoughts, and the other one was a proper um, uh, Contemptor Dreadnought. So, um that's what I had, uh, and Gareth had two squads of Iron Havocs, one, so these are both 10-man squads, Las Cannons in one, also Cannons in the other. Um, he had a big 10-man, I think it was 10-man, it was close to 10-man, uh, Iron um, Siege Tyrant squad, 
Um, and he had, where else did he have? Three tactical squads because he had four uh, heavy support choices. What was the th- what was the last thing he had? A he had a siege breaker um, as a as a HQ as well, and he had some quad um, quad launchers, which I th- think might have had phosphex, but they may not have. They're probably doing a disservice. They definitely had the Sunder um, ammo, whatever that's called, shatter shatter, shatter shells. shells. Yeah. So um, it was a proper shooty army against my close combat army. And I think in normal circumstances, it probably would have been okay. Genuinely feel sorry for people who play against Iron Warriors because they are a tough um, shooty army. So uh, Gareth had deployed um, his last cannon squad in one building and his auto cannon squad in another. Um, so the actual, I've always um, overlooked auto cannons as a viable choice. But you know what? If you've got two squads, i.e., the last cannons for dealing with any sort of super heavies and the like, the. Um, Tank hunting 10 or 20 shots from um, assault cannons, well, not assault mm-hmm. cannons, from auto, is it assault cannons, auto cannons, assault cannons, is really useful, particularly against flyers, because even though you're on sixes to hit, you've got 20 shots. Against most flyers, which are going to be armor um, 10 or 11, you're going to probably take three hole points off, no bother. And that's exactly what, because they got a tank hunter, that's exactly what happened. So, um, Although I deep struck stuff, that stuff got intercepted because everything had Augury scanners. So, um, and also Perturalo's special rule, which is a really good rule, um, is that uh, reserves can start coming on from turn one. So I thought, actually, do you know what? If I can keep Perturalo on his own for a bit, I can probably get my stuff quicker up the board than um, Gareth can to support. But of course, I forgot that Perturalo gives you a couple of special rules. The first one is anything with Terminator armor it's the deep strikes ability so that means that the siege tyrants aren't sitting at the back shooting they're deep striking um and secondly they can do that from turn one so turn one makes his reserve roll these um siege tyrants boom they're down right next to because i don't generally bear in mind that my army is a a shooting army yes no i'm painfully aware (laughs) but so there's an um, I'm trying to think what the best way to describe this. I think it's a bit situational, and it was a good situation to do that because you might have some support for Perturabo quickly. Uh, whereas, obviously, all my stuff, my destroyers, and my destroyer squad, they were coming in on deep strike. All my stuff was coming in by a deep strike. So I could have supported Angra if I'd kept him alive. Yeah. But because the, he'd used the, uh, you know, a great combination, which is Siege Tyrants, deep strike in turn one, you know, down they go. So well, there's, um, some, there's something, especially with the your siege breakers i mean getting them on near the opponent's board edge turn I one think the question is what's, you can what, really what, cause all sorts of bother but you, how much more bother could you cause than them being 48 inches away if you see what i mean so you're right but you're then using them as a close combat unit because yeah that's they're gonna have to sit, sit around for a turn but unless somebody's yeah, they can, they can turn up they unleash yeah. everything all the weapons you know the missile launchers they've got on their shoulders yes. That's going to cause, you know, you could really but you could jump for someone's game plan. You could, but you could do that from a range, if you see what I mean. It's the same number of shots, unless they're hiding them, so they've got no line of sight from your normal deployment zone. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? It's, I get where you're oh, coming no. from. And it, and it does give people pause to thought, because they're thinking, oh my goodness, I've got a, um, you know, 10-man siege tyrant squad in my back line, I've got to deal with it. Um, I think you need the numbers. You also bear in mind the only way you can do this is if you have Pro Tarabo, because they don't get deep strike any other way. So, no, no. Um, so it's um, it's a tactic for sure, 
Um, I, like I said, generally think that if you have units, and you should listen to my episode of uh, Dreadclaw if I ever get it out. Um, I will. I if will. You have, <laughs> if, if you have units um, that are that are in the deployment zone, they need to be backed up. As you you proved that really well when we had our game, which yeah. was you know you had some deep striking, but you also had some stuff coming across the board to support. Yeah. So the deep striking stuff, I kind of had to wade through. But by that time, the things that you had been sort of walking or running across the board were then in to kind of keep that momentum going. Yeah. So being as you just have the one squad of siege terminators, unless you had another set of terminators or another assault unit of some description in your army, they'd be very isolated. But yeah, I get where you're coming from. But yeah, good discussion though. But yeah, I think that's why I probably don't do it because I generally, most of my other units just are no good in close combat. Yeah. Sorry. So, yeah, yes. long and short of it is um, Perturabo, the filthy rapscallion, uh, with aided by the siege tyrants, killed Angron. And uh, but I think I had Perturabo down to one wound, and uh, my destroyers had managed to shoot him with a rad grenade, sorry, rad missile. So he had to minus one to his toughness and stuff. So that was quite cool. But um, cool. ultimately, he, I think he dropped his. He's got an uh, orbital barrage. I think he put that right on the head of the of the um, destroyer squad, so that was them gone. Um, I tried to pistol him to death with my um, Moritat, and I tried to, to take the gamble and um, you know use the plasma pistol in that sort of chain fire mode. Yeah, yeah, don't do that <laughs> <laughs> because it sounds like a really good idea uh, until your second shot is a two, and then it's like, well, that's that then. That was a waste of time. I should have used the the Volkite serp, Serpenta that I had because at least you're going to get 12 shots out of it or hopefully you know, a fair number of shots out of it. So that sucked. Um, so yeah, all in all, it was a proper learning experience. So didn't really do enough. He the, 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 the scoring points, I think, were, you know, you got X number of points for killing your opponents. Um, Primarch, so both good to the Primarch, but at the end of the day, I think it was attrition or last man standing or one of those kind of rules. And um, Gareth clearly had loads more units left than I did. Um, so a proper slaughter. But fun. Don't get me wrong. It was a lot of fun. And it was a good, um, it, it gave me a bit of a thing to think about how could I deal with, you know, my own reverse army uh, with a um, assault army. I suppose, yeah, because you've not really had, you've played Iron Warriors as an Iron Warriors player, haven't you? Mm. So you've had that. But I suppose, it, yeah, this is the first experience you'll have had playing it with the... Yeah, playing it from yeah. the other side of the planet. Playing from a completely is, different concept of... Yeah, totally. So, um, but yeah, it was good. The Destroyers I like, actually. I mean, I know they're they're very expensive. I think I was always impressed with them when you used them against me when we went to Warhammer World that time. Um, yeah. You had, some, um, you had some with your... Uh, the, the Imperial Fists. Yes. Um, they were really cool. I, I, thought, I, love, I love Destroyers. That's a cool unit. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, I've got, got a squad of them now. So, um, and, Are they jump you know, packs? Yeah, yeah, so they would they deep struck in with the Moritat because he can join the unit, can't he? So, yeah, um, so can, was, I think. yeah, so that was really cool. So, um, yeah, I think that'd be an interesting army to, to play again. Um, maybe not quite against <laughs> the might of Perturabo and the Iron Warriors, really, <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the funny thing is, isn't it? Um, Gareth's got the Iron Warriors dice, and oh, I yeah. sold one because they roll ones. All the time. <laughs> Not for Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know, thinking of this, these dice that I'd sold, 
thinking, oh, they look really great, but they're just wrong ones all the time. But then I see somebody using them and they're, you know, getting a lot of you know, fives and sixes. And it's like, why, why did I sell these dice? Clearly, it's just me. <laughs> uh, here you go. It's not the dice after all, Graham. So, yeah, a good game. I, and, I, and I really like the games that we have up at that place. Uh, yeah. They're always good fun. So um, what about you, Michael? Because you were there as well. Yeah, yeah. I played Robert Lighthour um, from Newcastle oh, yeah. and uh, Space Wolves. Um, I mm. didn't have a Primark with me because I wanted to test out my London list. Right. Um, plus, I kind of think I missed the whole, we need Primarks. I didn't think they were as vital to the games <laughs> as they turned out they were going to be. Um, so anyway, I, I took a glaive instead. Um, because, and, you know, why take a knife to a gunfight? Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I played Robert's um, Space Walls, which were mm. consisted of, um, well, uh, Lehman Russ, um, yes. a Fire Raptor, uh, mm. two Xiphons. Um Ouch. Siphons. There were some grey slayers, um, just to make up the the points. Um, really, uh, and it's quite a tough list because that's I've played against Robert's list, and it's 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 again, tough. Uh, it was quite tough against World Eaters, anyway. But you you know you had some you had some pretty uh, strong. I wouldn't say strong, super strong list, but you had some some good units there, didn't you? That you brought yeah, on. I mean, um, yeah, it, it was interesting. Oh, and he had a Spartan in which. Um, Lehman Ross and his, oh, yes, and his Lehman Ross in the fun Ross we're in um, and yeah so basically my every uh, it was an interesting mission everything of mine had to come on from reserve oh right okay um, everything everything that's going to make life tricky difficult made yeah. everything tricky when you've got a heavy support squad you know oh. and they come on turn one um you know, they are, um, you know, they're shooting, they're snap shooting. And it made it very difficult because my, um, my damned, uh, glaive wow. didn't come on until turn three. Ah. Um, that is really awkward, isn't it? Because you've got, got an army that's kind of set up for do one thing and then obviously the mission changes the whole. Yeah, the whole it was, it was an interesting mission. It was a really interesting mission. I definitely played again, but it was sort of like, um, Robert, you know, was set up. In the middle, um, it, it was sort of ambush, but I yeah. was coming on from from table edges, and oh, it was yeah. quite, it was quite, uh, yeah, it was, it was really um, okay. Yeah, it meant that I was, br- I, I was coming on snap shooting with my heavy support squads. Um, you know, I wasn't really in a position to be able to take advantage of the fact he was in the middle, and then of course the terrain he was able to sort of. Hide as soon as he saw the the the, the um what the Volkite um, culverins could do, um mm. he immediately hid behind the Spartan, <laughs> and a bit of the terrain, <laughs> and then the, and then and then the glaive came on, and it um well his grey slayers didn't exist anymore. It's good for that. Yeah, li- yeah. it literally deleted two units of grey slayers, um wow. just straight off. Um, that's, that's not to be argued with, is it? Let's no, be honest. They ran off the board. Um, after, you know, I wiped out all but three of them. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to do that against, uh, armor three, isn't it? I mean, it's AP two anyway, isn't it? The weapon. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's going to make a mess of anything really. If you've got no invulnerable save, you don't get a cover save. So it's, you're done, aren't you? I guess it's that whole thing about, you know, that one inch line in deploying your units. If you don't know what it does, it can really take you by surprise. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, 
it was an interesting it was the deflagrate which really really kicked in oh. and so the, when you def- when it does a deflagrate roll is that still ap2 as well yep exact same profile as a weapon wow wowzers that so, is gonna that's, that's gonna yeah. ruin a lot of days isn't it and then of course there, so was, a, there was a heavy vo- there was a plus it deflagrates on uh, two, two plus. Goodness! It hits automatically. You just have yeah. to do another. You just have to roll to wound. Right. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, that did some damage, and then there was another Volkite Culverin squad right behind it, so it mopped up. Volkites and Russ. Not mess. R exactly. Yeah, not messing around. That Volkite is uh, is my is my friend. Uh, my Zyphon, of course, with uh, three flyers in the air. Yeah. yeah, it didn't last very long. No. Lots of, well, it, you know, but it, it lasted. It was just having to jinx, so it was snap shooting everything, and that just didn't do it any good. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I've been caught out by this, and I was actually on the 30k channel. My lightning got shot down, and I wish I'd been quick enough to say, actually, I'm going to jinx this, but I didn't. And um, it's like that decision, you know, do you, do you put it into jink mode? And I think, you know, it's. If you think you're going to get a, a penetrating hit, then it's worth putting it into jink mode, I think, because penetrating the worst or the, the best a penetrating it can do from your point of view is make you snap shoot anyway. Yeah. So you might as well just accept the fact that you're going to be snap shooting. It's going to be doing for the four plus. For, for the lightning and the Xiphon, only having two hole points, it's not worth. Mm. It's not. Yeah, worth. that's definitely the case. But then you end up, like you say, flying around the board every turn. Snapshooting everything. Yeah. Anyway, by turn three, I had to have killed his Primark in order to score points. If I didn't kill his Primark by the end of turn three, I scored nothing. And that's and that's what happened. Turn three, three turns to kill to kill a Primark. Which is which is against anything is yeah. anyone is going to be tricky, but Russ especially because he tends to you know, have I mean, some mates with him. And, yeah. I mean, I suppose can you shoot him off the board? I mean, he's two pluses, isn't he? Two plus three plus, is he? Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I tried, didn't work because of those. Because <laughs> he had a big squad of ten Terminators with a a, a caster, you know, uh, a um, not caster of the runes, speaker of the dead. Um, was that the one that gives him six plus feel of pain? Yep. Uh, that speaker of the dead. That's the one that gives you like zealot and hatred, doesn't it? As well as a six plus feel of pain. Is it yes, that one? exactly. The yeah. most un unfair. <laughs> <laughs> Centurion choice known to man because it's basically a. I mean, I know it's not a five plus three and a pain, but it's, it's a it's a double down, isn't it? I mean, that's six pluses. Yeah. Okay, brown up one in six, but I mean, I almost two for the price of one. I almost wiped out Russ with a D explosion when my um oh, when my yeah. glaive went up. Oh, if only. But not quite. You have two wounds left at the end. <sighs> but that was that. Anyway, yeah. so that's that's what we've been up to. So shall we move on and see what the rest of the world's been up to with the State of the Union? Absolutely. Let's, yeah. see what the, yeah. Let's do just that. Uh, next up, we have our usual roundup of all things heresy uh, in the wider scope of the universe. So our State of the Union um, little segment. So... Um, what's been going on in the world as we speak? So, uh, Warhammer community showed off. Uh, now I can never pronounce this right, so help me out here, guys. Uh, Lernian, 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 Lernian Terminators, Lernian, yeah. the Alpha Legion. 
um, which look very nice, I think. They look really cool. Um, lots of detail going on there. Uh, let me just have a quick look at them. What do you think, Michael? Uh, I think they look really, really nice. I mean, some people are like, oh, but that's not the Alpha Legion. The Alpha Legion aren't really, you know, fancied up. But the way I look at it is these are these are the guys that go in after the initial Alpha Legion. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be a bit. You know, they're going to be a bit flashier. I, think I mean, these are the best fighters. These are the you know the bodyguards, aren't they? Ultimately, so they're going. You know, they're there yeah. for the show and tell kind of thing. So. <laughs> the shock and awe. The, yeah, uh, the only much. thing I'm hoping for for Alpha Legion players is that 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 um, conversion beamer. I'm kind of hoping that he gets a um, what oh, do you call yeah. it? Uh, a um, a Volkite charger arm as well. Because I'm not sure I would take a conversion beamer with a. With him. It's a funny thing. Well, the thing is they're relentless, so he doesn't suffer the penalties of movement, so he can still fire it, I think. Mm-hmm. Conversion beamers are a bit weird, though, particularly the sort of handheld versions. I'll have to have a look at the rules. Yeah, because um, the further away you are, the the more damage it's going to do. So you want to keep the conversion beamer way away from uh, everyone else. I see what you're saying. I and mean, this is a Terminator squad that's got power axes and... Volkite you know, chargers. Sorts, so you want to get them up close, and, up close and personal, yeah. I absolutely uh, love their kind of scaled armour. So they can, just so you know... Okay. So they can take... Yeah, Volkite... Make sure their Volkite charge for one of the following options. Plasma blaster, heavy flame, or conversion beamer. Those are the three weapon... Heavy, you know, specialist weapon options that they can take. Yeah. Um, one in five, so. I'd take the plasma if I was, if I was in that squad with the Volkite chargers or whatever they are. I'd be tempted to go with a heavy flamer. Yeah, so I always, always find it's a bit hit and missy, even though it doesn't miss. If you, but do you know what I mean? It's, you know, it's like, you'll always find that, that weird thing where you can only get one model with it or something like that, so. Um, but I think that they look spectacularly good. I really like them. Yeah. The, I mean, it, I've always loved the Alpha Legion colour scheme. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if, that, it, if it's like the, the Varagir... World, d- sorry. I was going to say, the Forge World colour scheme is fantastic. I oh, yeah. I, I, I love that the, Forge World colour scheme. That kind of scaly armour that they've got on the shoulder pads and on the bottom of their feet. Um, and in the sort of midriff, looks looks awesome, I think. Yeah. I think if you put five of them with Alpharius, uh, yeah. I think that's gonna that's just going to look a really aesthetically pleasing mm-hmm. group of models definitely um, um, although I suspect you're going to need if it's like the Varagir Terminators that's going to be a set loadout and you're going to want resin or I suppose you could do plastic uh, Cataprachi Terminator bits to convert that conversion beamer guy I see what you mean so basically it's just going to be that's all it's going to come with is the conversion beamer and you can't you have to make your own kind of conversion yourself yeah but I suppose with uh, I it's just the arm. And looking yeah. at the picture, um, I'm just going to open up the picture on a new tab and zoom in. Yeah, the 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 um the the plate there is is scaled, but it's not as bad as the um as the Varagir, because the Varagir had right. fur instead of the um mm. the leather. Uh, yes. So. Yeah, I see what you mean. You basically could take that arm off and put a different arm on, and it would. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd I'd probably change the other arm just for just just to just to keep them the similar similar or the same. Okay, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, so you'd basically have like normal cataphracti arms on that particular model. Yeah, it, it, it looks yeah. easier to convert than the Varagir does if you don't right. want the conversion beamer. If the conversion beamer is the only loadout you get, 
Well, I was just reading a little bit of fluff, and I think you'll, I think that's probably the situation because it says in a little bit of fluff above the picture. Um, it also features a terminator-mounted conversion beam, a rare weapon that transforms squad into long-range firebase. Even if you don't use this weapon in your squad, it's ideal for converting a martial uh, forge and terminator. Okay, on. awesome. So it's potentially you can you do, you do get a volcano charger. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, I see what you mean. Yeah, the master forge. Because yeah. there aren't many things that can take the conversion beam. I think tech marines are one of them, aren't they? Yeah. Put a put Very a cool. put a put a conversion beamer on top of a, a bastion in the corner of your um and in, in the corner of your um a board yes. deployment zone. Yeah. Uh, and just have the the master the, mar- the you know the master of the forge on top with his conversion beamer shooting out across mm-hmm. the across the place. Um, That'll work. So, awesome. And then they've also got some doors, doors for Alpha Legion. Of course. How can we have an episode without doors? Wow. Yeah. Land Raider, Demios, and Standard Rhino, uh, Mars Pattern Doors. Got you. Which are actually quite nice. Yeah, they, okay. I like the, the, that twisted snake. Again, they've got that that um, snakeskin patterning throughout it. looks really... Yeah, nice and simple. Gives it gives a nice and, touch to the, uh, to the, yeah. to the Alpha Legion. I like so, the Land Raider ones, I must admit. They're really nice. Okay, so what? So yeah, so doors. We have doors. Clip, We have covered doors. The world is to right. Yeah. I was worried. I don't think there'll so be many legions left needing doors. <laughs> okay, so we'll start on Mechanicum or something shortly. We, we will not have an episode without doors. Potentially. Okay. Well, now they've got the the um, the Aurox. So that, that only doors. Uh, doors yeah, Satinines all need doors, and yeah. So yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so. The next bit of news is that Waterstones in Leeds are hosting a book signing with some Black Library authors on Saturday the 26th of May. Um, they've got attending Dan Abnett, you know, uh, the great Dan the Abnett, that is David Geimer and Guy Haley, all of whom mm. have written Horace Heresy books. If you want to go, you need to reserve your ticket by calling the store. Um, and it's a free, it's free book signing um, with a little bit of a talk. I would definitely go to that. Um, if I was in the vicinity, for sure. Uh, I was looking at it because I need a couple of... Is it uh, Guy Haley's autograph I need for my autograph okay. book? But um, I'm like, mm, it's like the train is ridiculously yes. pricey. It is expensive. And so I'm not even going to attempt because it's possible for me to get there on buses. And Oof. I'm like, no, not doing that. So I suppose also bear in mind that you've got the London Heresy, you've got Warhammer Fest. You'll be, you'll three, week, three weeks in a row. Yeah, and out. I've just been I've just been down to Suffolk this last weekend, so yes. I think I want a weekend okay. of rest. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so I would like to meet Dan Abnett. I, I follow him on Facebook. He seems like a very nice, uh, really, really nice guy. Chap. His wife is yeah. wife is lovely as well. Okay, but he's, um, at, he's at the Black Library. <laughs> Black Library. Yeah. <laughs> They pretty they pretty much go everywhere together. So okay, cool, cool. Okay, swiftly so on. swiftly on to um, yeah, solar auxilia models going on last chance to buy. Sorry, Waterstones at Leeds actually liked that post that you put on our site. Yes, they did. So there we go. We're getting international multi- corporate sponsorship from corporate Waterstones. Sponsorship from Waterstones. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. So go on, mate. Sorry, some solar auxilia, solar auxilia solar auxilia models have gone on last chance to buy. Mm. These are the Surgeon Primus, Avis Joden, and his medical orderlies, uh, both the multi-laser and quarter mortar rapiers, the tank crew, and transfer sheet. And that's the first time ever that a character series model has gone out of print. 
and the removal of Rick. He's in fact gone from the website. Is he I gone now from the, the website? And he's gone. Uh, yeah, a lot of people were buying up. Yeah. And obviously, um, the rapiers. Um, are, are, the I rapiers think, are, I can, so, character series, okay, I can kind of live with. You know, it's it was a. I think it's it's a collector's piece, isn't it? You, can't, yeah. you don't see people using it on the battlefield. It's a, you know, somebody's going to paint it up and have it's, a really cool. It was an impractical thing. model to use. Yeah, so I can kind of get that. But but the removal of the rapiers mm, is kind the of rapiers is a big. It's a, it's a, it's a yeah, that's a kettle of fish because that's uh, a that's option. in the army book, isn't it? Yeah, you know? and it's a, yeah, you can buy for your army, but you can now actually physically no longer buy. Yeah, so that is a, that is a weird decision. I mean, the tank crew. I know what that tank crew like is a bit met anyway and obviously the transfer sheet but i think they I don't know what they're doing with their transfer sheets and what have you um yeah. but yeah the rapiers is 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 a interesting choice i've got to say yeah um i suppose if you wanted to play a solo auxiliary i mean you've now and i think that the um those particular models were quite thematic with the army you know mm-hmm. you'd expect yeah. um a solo auxiliary to have you know quad mortars and Multi, or maybe not even the, the multi. Is it? Is it? But they're the only two options they had. Or they multi got, like, laser. They do have more options in the book, I believe. But um, in terms of, out. yeah, I'm opening the book as well myself. Um, they do have. I'm pretty sure that they do have more options in the book. Yeah. Um, solo auxilia rapier battery. Here we go. Um, they can take a laser destroyer array, graviton cannon, quad mortar, and it comes base with um, uh, multi laser. Surprise! A quad quad mortar you would thought would be a would be a big seller, but then I suppose they can't take phosphex, can they? Like no, can just frag and shatter shells. And shatter yeah. shells are pretty pretty strong in themselves. They so. are. You're right. Um, but yeah, that's... I mean, could you? St- Sorry. I can't, could you still use the same the um, start? You can still use the Astartes ones, can't you? Say? Yeah, I suppose you can. The, 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 with the, um, the accompanying figures, that, yeah. Well, the, you've got the accompanying figures, but the actual. A gun itself as a as a molded figure on it, so you'd have to oh, basically okay. cut them off. No, no, the, he, he comes as a separate part. I can't remember. I spent a long time to put. But his his hand on the control is molded. That's right. But the that suggestion, gonna, the suggestion, see that? the suggestion yeah, yeah. that Ford World have given to people is just buy Space Marine ones and use a couple of Las rifle guys as yeah. as gunners. Yeah. So. It's yeah. there are ways and means around it, but that's probably why they've stopped doing it. But, think, yeah, right, they're doing the, the same model, two different things, and the only things that are different are there. There are ways and means around it, but it's obviously it's a big. I think it's a yeah. big deal to take something that's in an army that doesn't have a massive amount of choices. Yeah, yeah I, that I, model I, range isn't. I think it's. A, yeah. I think it's a. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I mean, the tank crew, as you can say, you can live without. Um, but the rapiers, I think, was a big deal. Um, anyway, so, um, yeah. I, mean, and that, I, mean, I suppose if I was going to use the quad mortars and I was going to have to do that anyway, I would probably just use what I've done with the Iron Warriors and use the Death Corps of Krieg. Kind yeah. Of, um, yeah, I'd use them as well. Guns. Because I think they, they actually look a bit cooler than the quad, quad mortar anyway. But they yeah. Do. In terms of the, we're, we're not so much of the workaround, but more about the, um, the impact of this on the on the wider heresy scene, because this was met with howls of anguish from um, most of the world. It would at one point it felt. Oh. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I so think what it's... are your what are your guys' views on this? Because obviously, I've got my opinion, 
Well, so we should say that the following week, obviously, um, all the upgrade kits went off sale, didn't they? Well, they went on to last chance to buy. Yeah, so <laughs> that's the reason that we fifty odd fifty odd upgrade kits went to last chance to buy. So all the Mark II shoulder pads, um, which I'm not surprised because Mark II is the only resin. Well, it's it's a resin uh, kit, yeah. so you can't really mm. get. Um, so so I can imagine that the Mark II shoulder pads will be the least least popular option um but yeah so what else did they what else did they put on there's no plastic mark ii is there so basically if you want to go down the mark ii route you've got to get resin resin space marines and then upgrade kits that are also from forge world yeah so then you've got a bunch of heads going out of print Uh, i think a ultra ultramarine heads have gone out of print Um, this is for mark ii no, no, for mark these are mark four ultramarine heads and almost all the torsos are going out I think yeah. the only torsos not that I can think of that aren't going out, uh, that aren't on last chance to buy are word bearers. How bizarre. Um, yeah. yeah well, word, that's, word, that's, that's, you know, word bearers so, torsos were, oh no, no, they, the, no, they are on the, last the, chance the to Imperial buy. The Imperial Fist Mark III heads are still there. Yeah. A lot of the heads are still there, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, um, oh no, yeah, the word bearers torsos are going as well. Okay, so I need to buy some more of them. Um, <laughs> they weren't on last so, chance to buy last time I looked. Got you. So I guess the, the thing is, given all of that, so then you know, taking down the um, rapiers from the uh, solar auxiliary, which is, uh, I think, the first time we've probably seen that, getting rid of all of these upgrade kits. Now, there was a kind of, people sort of started to draw the dots here and, and basically said, well, because they're getting rid of all this stuff, that means that heresy is dead. You know, that hashtag heresy is dead once again kind of reared its head. So what's, what do you, I mean, I, I, what I want to find out from you two really is, is, is what's your view on this? So uh, Michael, go on, Chris, go on, you oh, go first. Yeah, Chris, you go first. Uh, um, I don't think we need to worry, really. Okay. I think, I mean, as you know, we saw people say, I mean, they are a business, if people aren't necessarily buying these things on a volume that makes it worthwhile for them to continue production of them, then, you know, why continue doing that? You know, they've, they've got to be realistic about these things. And for all we know, you know, us, the, the great uninformed, in 18 months' time, we may be looking at a new relaunch of, of torsos for various different armies anyway, because we're, we're getting to a point now where, certainly in the way that the models are being released is we're entering into that, you know, another phase of the heresy. Yeah. You know, we're getting past the point where the opening blows have come. We're getting into the gritted, you know, the meat and, and bone of it. So by this point, a lot of the legions will have gone through, um, aesthetic changes anyway. Yeah. So, you know, we may see that in, you know, once we get past the next book, the next black book, that we see a re, you know, a re-release of some of the, you know, reworked for the next stage of that. Cause I mean, that's ultimately where we're going to be going is sure. we're going to see a lot of, um, the legions that we've had already getting updated rules, getting, you know, um, updated directions. And we've still got you know, legions to come. So there's going to be upgrades for those as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't think, I, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, especially if you want to really, individualize your army and you want to put a lot of um, iconography of the, the legion or legions that you're using or if you're doing black shields for instance it's a shame for the black shields players mm. 
because they might want to have that so they can you know they've got those mix of units yeah um and they want to have that look and that, you know, I, I can appreciate it from that point of view but i think you know i don't think we need to worry really okay. what about you michael um i, I think mean, not so much, i suppose the, yeah it's that same question again really isn't it it's like is, is this the beginning of the end um, I don't think it's the beginning of the end. Um, I think that obviously they've given an answer. It's a business, it's a business case. These particular kits don't sell, um, as well as, as they would like. And they've got to make room for new stuff. And that's, that's a fair enough comment. But I think it's the communication that's been lacking. They yeah. just put out an email. Yeah. All, all yeah. this stuff has gone last chance to buy. It, 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 with the rapiers going off, it's sort of like that's a fundamental part of an army. Um, well, not necessarily fundamental, but it's, it's one of the few options that, that particular list has. Um, and I can't imagine that Solar Auxiliary is a big seller anyway, because it is a very limited list and very and expensive. expensive. Um, mm. but what, what we've seen is people sort of looking and going, Oh, well, they're discontinuing, you know, something major um for for each legion and depending on your point of view i mean i when i build my armies i always buy torsos i don't not for everyone but i, I buy some to yeah. sprinkle throughout um the um the, the the units um for you know things like sergeants and um and people with vexelias etc um some squads have got complete upgrades um like my um my um breaches with the shields and swords um, you know, yeah. Uh, and yeah, they're kind of so, a central piece, aren't they? And they and they look they yeah. look the part, and and it's sort of one of those things which, which for some people they are going to buy because they look they look you know the dogs, um, but I think that the, the, what what they failed to do is to tell us that hey we're only discontinuing these because of you know space and we want to yeah. bring more stuff. What we've had instead is this whole. They just gone last chance to buy. We're not going to tell. We're not going to release any statement or anything. It's just last chance to buy, and people jump to this conclusion of, "Oh, heresy is dead." Yeah, and well, I was quite interesting reading some of the reading some of the comments of people just like, mm. and then just going, "Oh, they did all this wrong. They've messed this up all along the way." You know, and so like, oh, just everyone needs to just take a breath and realise, you know. <laughs> I mean, we don't want to besmirch our listeners who may have different views, but you're, you're right. It feels like a, but I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Michael, if I'm honest with you, which is, you know, and so, you know, Chris will make a really good point that it's a business, you know, and a business needs to be profitable and making these things, you know, these small, tiny things, a few number here and there probably doesn't make any, um, commercial sense. So there is that, but I think you're, you're right, Michael, insofar as the way that the message was delivered with this particular, we know we've seen this before, haven't we? You know, where people start to join the dots because of a vacuum in communication and come up with the, the wrong conclusion, which could yeah. then have its own kind of momentum and cause all manner of bother. So yeah. it's interesting because um, Andy Hall, the sort of head of specialist games, comments quite often on Crusade and Heresy, or Greg Dan's post particularly on Crusade and Heresy. And um, he was... You know, he, he, there's a quote that I've copied and put onto the Edge of Empire site, which basically says, look, you know, everything's fine. Heresy is doing really well. It's really strong. This is just for, you know, the following reasons or whatever. But I think the other interesting thing was, it gave us a, in that conversation, there was a, an interesting insight as to 
who is responsible for delivering these messages. So I think that Forge World don't have their own marketing team. No. No, so I, I think, think Forge World share marketing facilities with Games Workshop. I think that's a comment I have seen again by Andy Hall on uh, a Greg Dan post where Greg was basically saying, yeah, this was badly communicated to the community. Um, but, but we've, we've seen this problem with, you know, with, with what community, you know, like, so Warhammer community are the, they're the, that's the, you know, it is what it says in the tin. They're the spokes people for the, for the business. But out of all the things that they, do and they do a lot of stuff really well the the forge world stuff doesn't really tend to or whether that's just that you know within the two separate departments that they don't have a great line of communication or you know whether it's just a, a choice where they just bandwidth i think what you probably have is there's a finite marketing budget let's say for games workshop and i suspect that forge world have a you know a request that goes into the marketing team to say, we need you to you know, put something out on an email or we need you to, you know, put a, some, a game on Warhammer TV or something along those lines when they've got something important to say. But then in the, on the other side of that coin, the bit that we don't tend to see unless we play all of these games is there's all this other marketing stuff that's probably going on in parallel. You know, the, there was a new AOS um, army, wasn't there? The, the, the weird kind of sea elves, going on the deepkin um, the yeah. i think there was some other 40k stuff going on as well so i get the impression that probably what happened and whether forge world even thought it was a problem or not is, is really the, the fundamental question but um i suspect that it was just one of those things that in the queue of you know demand on marketing resources which were probably finite at games workshop it's just like actually we haven't got time to put a campaign together to tell everybody why you're getting rid of some figures but i think if there's a lesson learned, and if there is such a thing here, it's that if you don't tell people, they will always probably um, get to the wrong conclusion. And I think that because people are very protective about heresy, the community is very protective about heresy. It's not um, the, the community that we have is it looks after itself, and it and, it, and anything that threatens that, people react quite badly to. I've, I've found. Yeah. I think that if there was a you know, message here, which is you have to understand that people aren't, in the absence of a message, people will make their own message. And then that gets out on all of the Facebook pages, and you know, you see it on Crusade and Heresy, and you see it in all of the podcasts, except ours, because there'll be po- comments on our podcast. And people sort of saying, oh, my God, you know, this is it. This is the final bit. You know, there's going to be big phasing outs and what have you. And like I said. No, well, they're already planning for two more books, you know, so. So I mean, I'd say Andy is uh, usually pretty sound when it comes to this stuff, and that's the person who I'm going to believe because he's in charge. I think the general uh, thing is, I mean, I know some take um, Emperor's Children uh, players. Their their transfer sheet has been out of print for utterly ages, and they currently don't have if they want Mark if they want Mark Two. Once that Mark Two, once those Mark Two shoulder pads are gone, they've got no way of, you know. Oh, I see what you mean. Actually, identifying that they're they're emperor's yeah. children, other than the color, um, and there's sort of like a concern that I've seen on a couple of pages of, um, you know, if we don't have shoulder, if we don't have multi shoulder pads, if we don't have transfer sheets, are our our marines are just going to be marines that are generic, um, that are only differentiated by the color? Yeah, I mean, I, I've got to be honest with you, and I'll be absolutely honest with you, even though I have got. Um, Iron Warrior skulls on 
most of my Marines. So oh, hands up here. I'm kind of, I never, when I'm playing a game, because maybe I don't put that much um, stock in it, I don't look at people's armies to see if they've got the kits for the upgrades for their Marines. I look at them, think, that's a nicely painted thing, but I don't tend to look at it and go, oh, you know, you've, you haven't got the shoulder pads and you haven't got the torso. To give you an example, the only time I've ever got the torso, I used it for a um, Iron Havoc squad and with las cannons. And the problem is the las cannons, because they kind of come across the body, they just cover it all up anyway. So I've got hmm. these Iron Warriors heads that you can't see because they're being covered up by the hand. And the torso is being covered up by the hand as well. So, yeah, note, note to self, don't bother doing it on um, heavy support squads. But, I, yeah. I think it, it depends on the how, how players look at the game because a lot of – I've heard a lot of people describe this as a historical game that just happens to be set in a fictional universe, mm. um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. so many millennia yeah. in the future. Um, uh, and there's a, and among Terry plays, there is a, uh, you know, a, a lot of people who do strive for accuracy, especially with squad markings and, and, and stuff like that. I mean, I am not that, that kind of level of detail, but I do like to try and keep my guys, you know, Kind yeah, of. I think it, it's more for the person that owns the army as opposed to the person playing opposite. I think yeah, that's very the thing. good point, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I totally get what you're saying. You you know that you know you've got the, all of the stuff on there, you know, and that yeah. that, that is what an emperor's child would look like. So you know, maybe well, that is a good yeah. point that you I make mean, there. That you know, some people want to have that um, accuracy. You know, I, I I suppose ultimately for for me, it comes down to the difference between. Um, playing and painting and you know i generally tend to look at things from a playing point of view whereas i think other people may look at it from a modeling and um painting point of view yeah okay so shall we move on yeah i think so, so yeah. well i suppose let's sort of wrap that up because it, it probably needs a summary from us I think, yeah i think so from our personal view. so you know just where i think what we're saying here is that we don't think it's the end of the world yeah no we don't think it's a bit of a pain, particularly for the solo auxiliary players, but also for you know, certain people who want to have a, a pristine army that accurately reflects that what that unit would have looked like at that point in time. I've actually but, just noted the next bit on the State of the Union. I should probably mention, throw in here, it's that the mechanic and Majos were the rag cleanser, who was the Majos, the the, the 30k um, Majos, is no longer available and, according to Forge World, has been discontinued. So the only right, choice okay. for mechanic sort of beakly one, the the one with the big claw sticking out. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah I know the guy. So the only okay. choice for mechanic and players for a majos is to convert your own or use the plastic forty k model. Mm. Again, so that does add some cer- certain, more, you know, it's another another thing added to the the sort of background noise that is is this a the, sh- the sort of thin end of the wedge. It I was don't a think it fiddling, is. It was a just... it was a fiddly nasty model anyway. Uh, it was a, it was, just... it was it was a horrible fiddly nasty model i i hated building it i hated painting it the the plastic <laughs> 40k one is a lot better i get the impression that you're not very happy with that so let's uh, that sounds like a cathartic um it's, it's, exorcism there but it's a um, great looking model if you can do it right um but it is it's it's a, it's a pain um so in summary, then I suppose if we are to sum up, we, what we're saying here is we don't think it's the end of the world. We, we it's a, it is awkward, and we think it's going to take something away from the game fundamentally 
because we aren't going to see new units with these upgrades on unless you stockpile them. Yeah, but I have done so. Um, yeah, <laughs> the reasons behind it, economic storage, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, they they kind of make sense. But what we're saying here really is that the real problem was probably in the way it was communicated. Yeah, and that if they'd put a message out saying that this isn't the end of the world, we're doing this because of X, Y, and Z, um, I don't know how well that message was communicated, but clearly it didn't get through to the people that was posting stuff on Facebook or quickly enough. Um, that maybe they they want to do something. They need to look at how, if they're discontinuing stuff in bulk, that it is going to have a negative reaction yeah. on the community. Of course, the big the the bit I think the I think the big news uh, the the big thing to really consider with this is that um, we've got Warhammer Fest in a week's time. Yes. Well, yeah, I was going to say know, actually is that I would not today. Want if you're listening to this when we put this episode out, it's today. People are going to ask that question. Yes. Tony Cottrell is not going to be able to hide away and, uh, uh, or, or they're not going to be able to hide behind a Facebook uh, manager guy. Um, and yeah, I know what you mean. I would, I would not want to be, if I'm honest with you, I would not want to be a Forge World employee going to face that particular audience. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna ha- they're gonna have to, they're going to have to give an explanation as to why. And that's fine. And that's- I saw the sort of usual thing, you know, somebody's put a poll out, you know, or, or you know, email Forgeworld, well, tell them to stop doing this, et cetera, et cetera, that usual kind of thing. So there's obviously, a, you know, a groundswell of opinion here that people aren't happy about. So I think they need to manage this message very carefully um, because it could have a very detrimental effect. Yeah. Um, I think when you just look at this as like a, a, a you know, take use of horticultural sort of thing, you know, they're just pruning things back so that, yeah. you know, things can can grow. Yeah, good know. analogy. Okay, yeah. so shall we move on to? Yes, let's do. We, we'll move on now. But okay, so we've mentioned the mechanic and Majos no longer available. As mm-hmm. I said, you've got an option there with this one, the plastic, the plastic one, which is cheap and a much better model, in my opinion. Um, but you know, people might disagree with that one. Okay, so Black Library have unveiled the cover art for what we're assuming. Well, I think up till now is Book Fifty One of the Horus Heresy, Slaves to Darkness, and it's really cool. Features Horus, Lorgar, Perturabo, and the two demon princes, Angron and Fulgrim. And I've just burped there. <laughs> nice. Um, sorry. Well, sorry. Uh, no, but that it does look very interesting. It's got to say, if really it was a, cool. Really cool. If you want to be a fly on the wall at any kind of conversation in the heresy, I would love to have been at the one where all of these guys were together plotting the Siege of Terror. Yeah. yeah. So, so that book is out. How do you even? How do you even speak to a demon prince? Heaven knows. Interesting question. But that book semaphore. is that book is. They all out. understand semaphore. Semaphore. That's actually interesting. I did that when I was in the cadets. <laughs> um, that book is out in August, as we know now, okay. as they've released that. And then Forge World have revealed some of the loot you can get from Warhammer Fest. Uh, Heresy wise, they initially said you've got Alpharius as well as an I Am Alpharius T-shirt. And then right. just a couple of days ago. They've done a follow-up article, and you'll also be able to get the Lernian Terminators, who we mentioned earlier, and the Rogue Trader-style land speeder with the Mark VI guys on it. We talked about that last month, didn't we? Yeah, and that's 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 going to be available as well. So free new kits for Heresy. Nice, nice. That'd be good. Nice. That would be good. That, yeah. yeah well, I'm just going to just quickly scroll through there and just saw the Alpha. Um, yeah. Our not not a, ma- not, not a massive amount of um of, of stuff available. Huge, no, I think uh, what we got there there's a that looks like an Alpha Legion mug. 
Um, Have you been to one of these before, Michael? Warhammerfest. I've been to every one except last year's. So is this indicative of the number of new things that they would release? Because, again, people are probably going to try and do some extrapolation of this. Maybe a couple more. Maybe a couple more. But we've just come off the Warhammer Weekender, and there was a lot more there than normal. Um, There's also a new Blood Bowl um a, a new blood bowl player and coach gotcha. in in the form of Joseph Bugman. Um yep. which looks awesome. And I'm like, mm, maybe I'll get him. Um and then obviously that's that's all they've revealed so far. Sometimes when you get to these events they give you a program and sometimes there's a bunch more stuff to buy. But right. uh, so really you've got four new kits that would not have been available to buy before. Are the, um, are the girls giving you like uh you know tie around your neck a finite amount of money and no cards um so that you don't go and do your usual crazy i've got to save all my money for london exactly That's i'm true. buying <laughs> i'm buying the, i'm buying the death card the death guard transfer sheet um yeah. for the death guard project um because okay. i was thinking of going on molded shoulder pads but then when i asked in a death guard group you know what do you prefer de- shoulder pads or transfers and the answer I, I got a few answers you know people were saying yeah the, the shoulder pads are really nice and i do like moldy shoulder pads especially for my ultramarines and the answer and i got a couple of people saying well the death guard aren't ostentatious they will do you know they'll just paint the markings on their armor and i like okay, that fluffy yep. argument so i'm going to get the the death guard transfer sheet aiden yep. wants me to pick up alfarius and the lernian terminators for him Right. He's not yet giving me the money for that yet, but I will get them for a minute once he gives yeah. it to me. Um, but yeah, no, I won't be buying much there. I'm mostly going okay. for the, just to be there and to see guy, see people. Um, I yes. think the guys from, um, I know Greg's going, um, obviously Neil is going. I think a couple of the guys from, um, Legion of Lies are going. Um, Gino yeah, guys are going. So a, you're going to wear your t shirt. Oh yeah. Good man. Oh yeah. Represent. So, so see how many <laughs> see how many people spit in my face. Oh, poor threaten to kill you. Or <laughs> threaten to kill me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just, just ask, yeah. Are your two co hosts as bad as and terrible as we think they are? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's probably the most from, common question you get. Anybody from Australia says, uh, excuse me, fella, do you want to just step uh, up this way? Yeah. yeah. Somebody to show avoid them. avoid them. They're, yeah, they're so it. they've also released this seminar on hobby pods um, for Warhammer Fest. The ones that will be highlights for us as heresy players are the Horus Heresy enters the final stage with Guy yes. Haley and Nick Keim. Um Is this on Sunday? Are they doing this on Sunday? Um, I don't know. I haven't checked. Um, no, they're not doing it on Sunday. Oh. So I'm missing <sighs> that one. I'm missing we'll that one. To, I'm, rely I'm, on someone else's reporting. Yeah, so we'll have to rely on someone else doing that on um, on Saturday. They're, they're only doing that on Saturday, okay. which I've got to admit, I'm a little bit disappointed with. Because um, obviously... It's this is not, from the Black Library perspective, isn't it? It's not an event that you go there for two yeah. days' worth. It, okay. There's not enough to do two days' worth. So I'm a little bit annoyed, right. a little bit disappointed that they're not doing doing it over over both days but what can you okay. do it's probably because um is nick Kime going to be there no nick Kime's not going to be there on sunday so i can imagine that is because nick Kime isn't there okay guy haley so, but like is, i said this, this is just the books isn't it this isn't the 
Again, this is the, really the Black Library author stuff. Yeah. yeah. So then they've got um, Forge World Future Products and Q&A with Tony Cottrell. That is happening four times over the weekend. Yep. So that's going to be tough. I imagine he's going. I, I imagine he'll preface this with the first thing he asks. Okay, about torso upgrades. Yes, it'll, be yeah. a, it'll start that. Like, that's what he's like. By by Sunday morning, there'll be a, a handout. Yes, yes. Be. potentially. Before you, before you enter this room, please read this. All the FAQ. <laughs> yeah, event FAQ. That's what it'll be. Yeah. No, he's not doing it four times over the week. He's just doing one twice over the weekend. He's got this the specialist studio future product, which they're doing four times. Oh, okay. Okay. So is he, is he there Sunday up. to find that out? Or is that they're, they're, they're both on Sunday. They're on Sunday as well. Okay. And okay. then finally, we've got um, Adeptus Titanic, uh, Tactica yes. Titanicus, an introduction to Adeptus Titanicus with Jonathan oh. Taylor York and Owen Barnes. So we're going to hopefully get some word on Adeptus Titanicus. Owen Barnes, wasn't he? Did he used to do White Dwarf stuff? Um, I think, I think so. I think so. Um, I know Jonathan Taylor York. He's a demon winner. I'm pretty sure he's won a demon. Oh, oh, sorry. He is a demon. 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 I'm I'm pretty sure he's a demon. Real demon. I'm pretty sure he's a a, a golden demon winner. Um, Okay, fair enough. I've heard the name before. Um, But Owen, I believe, was, was a white dwarf. He does a lot of RPG stuff. Okay. Um, from the looks of it, just just quickly yeah. tracking into Google his name. He um, the fantasy flight role play stuff that they did. Oh yeah. Um, he seems okay. to have been involved in that a fair bit. So. Oh okay. Well, that was good stuff. So hopefully that was good stuff. Yeah. Well, so hopefully it'll be Death Watch. Is still one of my favourite RPG games. Yeah. So hopefully that'll be pretty good then. Um, okay. Cool. So th- that's what's going on at. Um, We'll have my fest. So, yeah, and that, very keen about that. So, that covers the State yeah. of the Union. Very good. So, shall we quickly Perfect. quickly knock this yes. on the head and move on to books? Yes, let's do that. I'll go into mute mode as per normal. No. <laughs> Get your engine. Okay, so on to books and... I've only, there's only, well, there hasn't been a release this month so far. There is a release at the weekend, but we'll move on to that, uh, shortly. But there is, uh, there is a book from last month, which I didn't review last month because I was almost through it. But it is, uh, Ferris Manus, the Gorgon of Medusa, the Primarch book. So, um, I was just a chapter away from finishing it, but while editing this, the last episode, I managed to, uh, finish listening to it because I listen, I've listened to all the Primarch books as audiobooks for some reason. Yeah, not sure why. Um, Gives that sort of historical feel to it, doesn't it? We're sort of listening to it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the seventh book of the series, and I've got to admit, it's a treat to get a story featuring Ferris Manus because his death in the opening stage of the Heresy, uh, it's sort of, um, you know, it means he doesn't, you don't really see him a lot. But this is. Yeah, you don't get. Yeah, yeah, you don't get to see what what he's like you just get he's mad at uh, uh, uh fulgrim and then that's about it so um this is set following the imperial rediscovery of Moloch and the emperor's reunion with jagatai khan and it's also mentioned at this point they have discovered 15 primarchs but they don't mention if this includes the the uh you know the missing primarchs as it were Diana. so lots of hints as its timeline so the beginning 
um, shows the Iron Hands engaging in a joint training exercise with elements of the Emperor's children. Um, and this is all set during a time in which the rumours of the Master of Mankind's future plans are floating around. And it's sort of said by some that he's going to retire to pr- Terra and promote one of his sons into command. Uh, a position that we, of course, know later uh, as the War Master. And the Iron Hands, well, they received the, wor- the word of a breakdown in negotiations between Imperial forces led by the Ultramarines and a world with a huge amount of industrial production capacity, which the Emperor desires to add to the Imperial war effort. And Ferris Manus takes it upon himself to take the world and, in his mind, sort of put forward his application to become War Master. Uh. So it's sort of all based around, you know, him say, him wanting to present this front of, I am the guy to lead uh, the Great Crusade once you go. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's a good story. Um, the language of the Iron Hands is really cold and dour. And the Emperor's children, they're sort of there to offer the more human element to it. Yeah. Um, but I actually think, personally, personally, I think there was actually way too many characters in the book. So Okay. It, is, is it more like a normal um, heresy book where you do yeah, a lot of... Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of characters, a lot of different story strands, um, and um, a lot of subplots in there. So you don't really get any of the characters develop properly. Okay. And I think they could have easily cut a couple of the subplots to allow us to explore some of those key characters a bit more. Yeah. Or it needs to be a lot longer. But obviously it's a Primark book, so it's a novella as opposed to... A, They're sort of yeah, a snapshot, aren't they? Kind yeah. Of um, but the one thing that was really apparent is that unlike the other Primark's book, Ferris Manus isn't the main focus of the book. I think he, oh, okay. he features in the story about 50% of it. Um, which is good because you actually get a better feel for what the Iron Hands were like before he dies. Spoilers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) But yeah, no, it is probably, it's very different to the other Primarch books because you don't spend a lot of time sort of in the Primarch's mind. Sort of, uh, you know, because a lot of the Primarch books, you spend a lot of time in the Primarch's mind as they're ruminating or or, or making yeah. decisions. And this one, it isn't. You, you spend a bit of time, you spend a lot of time outside seeing him and what he does from the outside out and, and his legion. Instead of being a book focused solely on Ferris Malice, it's it's more like it's, an Iron Hands book. See, I d- I'm quite, uh, I think, I mean, I, I see the, the positives in that. But given the fact that he's the character that we pro- out of all the Primarchs, because he meets an early end in the in the you know the overarching story, I probably want to know more about that person because we've got you know bits and pieces from some of them. I mean, Angron, you know, we know a fair bit about him, even though now he's you know demoned up and whatever. Um, but Fer- you know, Ferris, he's sort of always been this. Um, enigmatic not is that that word i'm looking for um sort of elusive character almost where he's he's such a big part of the heresy and in many ways because he's the foot you know the first prior mark that we see the bit bite the dust then just and i say from that point on we don't know anything about him do we no no but i was intrigued but i'd like you know saying how he had designs of being the war master that's quite um yeah quite interesting it's quite 
very clear that that he wants to be the war master that he wants to be the man to lead the great crusade that that, that he mm. thinks he is uh, you know the emperor's prime general um and the sort of by the end of the book he kind of um accepts what he is um yeah. and sort of acts instead of trying to act like a general um who who has overall command who can who can do everything he sort of almost grows into the role that he is in that he knows he has right. yeah so really good book but just the sheer number of characters is the big downside okay um and you don't really get justice given to all of them yeah and that can that can always be frustrating because there'll be something that you want to attach to and then they just sort of they might peter off sort of thing and i guess yeah because you know like we say about the salamanders books you know there's a lot of characters in those um yeah because there's there's and, a there's a really cool militia um uh, uh doctor who through um fault uh, you know who through reasons of um uh, everyone else dying above him uh becomes the commander of the militia uh, okay and the sort of like um he's a he's a really really interesting character very human very humanized very you know caring about his men and it, you don't get enough focus on him so so his story um doesn't feel like a very satisfactory end because you know you wanted to get a bit more time with him yeah and it's just it's not it's not there it doesn't that it's not satisfying yeah, yeah, not satisfying. Great story, just needed to be needed to cut out some of the fat, as it were, or make it longer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, who um, who wrote this one? Just that. Uh, oh God, who wrote this one? I, have I not written it down? Was it Guy Haley? Um, uh, no, no, D- David. D- no, it wasn't David Geimer. David Geimer. Yeah, David Geimer. Yes, yes, of course. Of course it was so I was just thinking on Black Lyra, which for some reason my version of it is in French, which is really helpful. Um, uh, yeah, Debbie Geimer. Yeah, I like I like Debbie Geimer's writing normally. It's just you can tell he had a lot of ideas for this, and it yeah needed to be longer. I want to see more of Ferris Manus. Yeah, um, and I imagine that maybe when the way maybe when the Heresy books are done, you know, maybe they do Great Crusade books. Maybe we'll get some. You know, if they do Great Crusade books, be nice yeah. if they did. Um, okay, so. What books cool. are coming up? Well, we've got two releases on the 12th of May, which is the day this episode will come out and is the first day of Warhammer Fest. And they are Wolf's Bane and Black Shields the Red Fife. Um, we've already, re- good. we've already re- reviewed Black Shields the Red Fife and I lent it to you. Did I lend yeah, it to you? Yes. It, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I did. It was really good. Good. Um, and then Wolf's Bane, um, which I don't know if it's going to improve, if, if it's going to be available to buy at Warhammer Fest. I imagine it will be. I thought so. Um, even though it's out the week after. Um, but it'll be available to download as an ebook on Saturday. And then the 9th of June, so the next month, we've got Born of Flame, which is the 50th book in the series. Um, which I think we've, uh, you know, I've already said is, is a personal, I don't like the fact that it's the 50th book yeah. because it's a, is, is not a very standout book. Um, just a collection of the short stories and novellas, uh, that make up Vulcan story. Um, and then you've got, um, Vulcan Lord of Drakes, the limited edition on the 30th of June, which is the next Primarchs book, uh, written by David Annadale. Um, should be, yeah, should be good because I, I, you know, 
as I said before on, on here, I like the Salamander's story, and I like I like Vulcan as a character, so yeah. that'd be quite good to get a bit more different different person writing Vulcan, yeah. which might be better. Because uh, as I said, I, li- I I do like Nick Kime. I like his writing, but um, I don't know what it is with the with the Salamanders. I struggle to I struggle to enjoy his books about sure. the Salamanders, which is a shame because I like the rest of his books. Yeah. And then you've got the next Primarchs book uh, coming out in July on the 14th of July. Sorry, the Vulcan Lord of Drakes is out on the first year for June. 14th of July is Jagatai Khan, Warhawk of Jagoras by Chris Raitt, um, who writes Khan fantastically. So that should be interesting because it's sort of um, uh, the, the, the Khan sort of uh, in, in the setting up of the, of the librarian. I wonder what the process was for the sort of the Primark books, as it were. Whether they went to the people and said, "Would you like to write this?" or they sort of put their names forward to writing this. Well, I read on Gav Forbes' blog um, that basically they um, they asked the authors what what would you like to write, and it was expected that Gav Forbes would write um, Lionel Johnson, mm. but he said, "No, I want to write Lorgar." Fair so there is a degree of so it seems to be there's to. A, it seems to be a degree of they've asked to write write certain primarchs um yeah. as well um i mean josh reynolds has already done some um fulgrim some sorry some empress uh children's stuff um in 40k so that was um obviously a quite natural fit for him um and then Chris Rates has done a lot of wool stuff, so good fit for him. Graham McNeil did the Magnus stuff, so I think the only the ones that have really sort of um, stood out as being really unusual would have to be mm-hmm. Gav Fort doing Lorgar, Lorgar, which is oh. cool because Lorgar is my so far my favourite of the Primarch books. Well, yeah, um, and, and, and you know you're the Primarch of one of your legions as well. So yeah, that's yeah, what makes sense. Well, I like it because it's really cool, high concept sci-fi. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of world building, which I like. And then finally, they just announced Slaves to Darkness is coming out in August. No date for that yet. Okay. So but we're all looking forward to that one because that's going to be a, it'll be an interesting book to see where that, where that takes us. Well, we know where it takes us, but how it takes us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's the, that's the book. So we'll now move on oh, to cool. our tactics oh, and rules before section. You, before you go. Oh, go on. Go, before you go. We've got Graham which, chipping in on books. I know. Well, because I'm just, you know, I was listening. Which, if I was going to pick one book from that lot, which would you recommend? Do you think? Which are the prior oh, books? Out of those six? No, out of those six that we've just covered there. I mean, I know some of them are, aren't out, so you can't make a, a, a sort of judgment. But um, would you, out of those that you know or what you think, which would you recommend as a book to read? Um, like a standalone. Would I have to have read all, everything? So that Black Shields one, I know you both liked that. Is that something that you could just pick up and read? Um, so you, that'd be good for you because it's a it's World Eaters characters. Yeah. So that that I mean that'd be quite good for you I mean, to, to listen to it. Um, just trying to think, I would say if you wanted a pick up and read book um, that you don't need too much for. Yeah. Um, it's, it's called Horus Rising. It was the first <laughs> book. Um, I would say you've <laughs> got. Go from there. You've, I have read that. Book. You, you've got probably uh, Mechanicum. 
Okay. It's quite a good standalone standalone book. Um and, so I'm just gonna write these down. Yeah, Mechanicum would be would be a good one. What's uh, what's the people there's a betrayer people reckon that's pretty good. Betrayer is very good. You do need a yeah. little bit of I would say you need to read first heretic first before you read that one. Okay. So um, here's my here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this, right? I'm gonna read First Heretic and Betrayer. Yeah, they're okay. two good books by Aaron Dembski Bowden. Um, mm. First Heretic obviously deals with word bearers uh, and their fall to chaos. And Master then, of Mankind. I've listened to that. On, I've got that as an audio thing, so I've got yeah. that to Ooh, listen to. Tales, kind of... Tales of Heresy. That's okay. one of the anthology ones, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of standalone little stories that uh, that are quite okay, quite good, right. So I'm going to dig, dig out a copy of First Heretic and buy it, and read the proper book. Okay, that's my that's my challenge. Good man. Okay. Challenge. So we should look forward to your review next month. Yes, do that. Of, of First Heretic. Yes. <laughs> okay, beginner's guide. Yeah, but I, I do like I do like um, I would say as a really good standalone, um, tale, Tales of Heresy is also a good one if you just want because it's lots of little short stories. Um, mm. I don't think there's any of them that you really absolutely need to have read something beforehand. Got you. I think the only one in there, which maybe you might want to have read beforehand, um, would be uh, something beforehand would be the voice, but I'm assuming you may have read flight of the Eisenstein. I have. I really enjoyed that too. Yeah. Yeah. That the, the voice kind of has some characters, which are from that. Okay, cool. But the rest of it is pretty, pretty good. So okay. I would say if you do want to stand alone, challenge, challenge accepted. Tells a heresy. Okay, so yeah, okay. so we'll move on for the books, and we'll go into our um, rules and tactical, which this month is mm. all about. Um, Lords of War. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, so for this month's. Uh, rules and tactics section, we decided we would take a look at the Lords of War available to Legionius Astartes. Now, we know that using the Panoply of War and Engine of Destruction rules, you get a lot more choices, but for this episode, we're just going to cover the choices in the Legionius Astartes list. We'll probably do Penelope... 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 I can't pronounce... Penelope. Penelope of War and Engine of Destruction in another episode. So we'll start. You say off. tomato, I say tomato. Monopoly <laughs> pit stop. Lady, yeah, yeah. So we'll start off with a good old um, Fellblade, which is an old one in the fluff. Um, it first appeared in the Horus Heresy collectible card game back in two thousand and five. So I think both me and Graham own one of these. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Thirteen barrels of hell. It's referred to. Um, it's got a turret mounted twin linked accelerator auto uh, accelerator cannon. There's an auto cannon there, but, um, and it's got a hundred inch range and it fires one or two ammo types. You've got a high explosive shell, which are strength eight AP three ordnance one seven inch blast. And you've got armor piercing rounds, which are a strength nine AP two heavy one three inch blast with armor bane. Plus you also get two quadlas cannons a twin-linked heavy bolter, and a demolisher cannon. So, as I said, 13 barrels of hell. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so so what do you think of this one, Graham? Graham? I think this, I think this is the best-looking, and we, we'll have this discussion, but I genuinely think this is the best-looking super heavy you can get 
Um, I think it looks the part. It's got that kind of Sakaran look about it, which I like. Um, and when you line it up with some Sakarans, you can really see it. And it looks like, oh, when I grow up, I want to be a Fellblade. Kind of thing going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I really like this tank. And it's it's not, it's not super powerful. Um, it hasn't got the sort of um, trickery of the glaive or the potential instant um, destruction of the of the falchion, the other fell blade t- um, kind of variant. But it's got a lot of things going on. You know, it's got the demolisher cannon, which is really useful, and people forget about it. It's got you know clinic heavy bolter. It's got the Quas- as well as this um, accelerator cannon, which is really good. Um, the only thing I would say is. Uh, is it twin linked? Rich. Oh yeah, twin linked. Do you know what I've had a one? Yeah, the accelerator cannon, cannon is twin linked. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize it was twin linked. Um, I've been using it for ages, but uh, I I like this tank a lot because it's um, it's a good super heavy to bring because it's not overpowered. I don't think. I mean, it's got twelve hold points, so it kind of it sticks around for a long time. Um, but very rarely does it dominate a game for the points. So yes, it's a great looking tank. Would I choose it? above all other super heavies other than for aesthetic reasons probably not you know although i use it a lot i would probably say no mm. but yeah it's been useful for me i mean the good thing about it is the the, the two mechanisms of fire one of them is very good against um you know your normal marine equivalents and the other one is actually really good against um spartans but you've got to take a bit of a hit with it so if you're firing your armor piercing rounds which are as we said strength nine ap2 You'd just think that'd be AP1. It'd be so much better if they're AP1. Anyway, heavy one blast. Twin I mean, also, the fact if it wasn't a blast, I mean, if it was because yeah. exactly. you know, you'd still run that risk of it scattering off what you want. You did. If they were, you know, if there was, if there was AP2 and it was just, you know, point and click sort of thing. Yeah. Because no, I mean, the thing and then is they've awesome. got the whole flare shield issue with exactly. Spartans. So if it's a blast, you're going to take that down to strength seven. Yeah. If you're shooting the flare shield. So you've got armor bane. So you've got two dice, and the average is probably going to be. You know, of rolling two dice is usually seven. So you, you could just about glance on average, which you know, isn't quite so cool. So I think it needed a little bit more anti-tank in that regard. Either, like you say, AP1 or not being blast would have been a good um, yeah. and just one shot. Because the reality is a three-inch blast, there's very few times where you're going to get two tanks with a three-inch blast yeah. unless somebody's really kind of bunched up their army together. Yeah. So it's, you know, you're not going to use it to destroy troops because you're going to do that with... Um, the bigger blast, unless it's Terminators, of course, I suppose. But yeah, I think that the gun's not great, um, but it does look fantastic. And when they're painted, they look brilliant, I think. Really good. Yeah. So yeah, not a bad choice at all, because it is an all-rounder, but would I go for it? Given that the other choice is there, not necessarily. Okay. So then we move on to the Glaive, um, <clears throat> which is a tank from Epic. Um, and this was the Space Marine equivalent to a Bane Blade. So it basically was a Bane Blade. But in Heresy, it's a lot different. So it's the same chassis of a Vell Blade, but it loses the Demolish Cannon and the Accelerator Cannon, but it gets a Volkite Carronade. Now that fires a beam straight up the board to a distance of 48 uh, inches. You don't have to roll to hit. It just yes. automatically hits. Every straight time. line. Straight line. Straight One line. inch wide. One inch wide. And that is, Which, um, and the beam is strength eight AP two with deflagrate and haywire plus ignores covers and it hits and wounds everything underneath it, friend or foe, and even hits the occupants of transports. 
giving them D6 uh, strength for hits, uh, defigurate hits. And the only thing that stops your beam is other super heavies, gargantuan creatures, or buildings. But they take one plus D3 hits for their trouble. Yeah. yeah. I think as a, as, a, as a thing that's cool, it is a cool thing. I just love that idea of that tank just going laser beam. And, all, you know, it's not got a massive range. It's an almost tomb. Well, yeah, that's true. It's a sort of Death Star sort of noise, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah. But I mean, at Company um, of Legends last year, Jens from Northern Heresy brought one, and it took out half of his opponent's army in turn one. You know, including causing a tank to explode, which made another tank explode, that then made a third tank explode. Wow. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, that's it. it once all the you know, literally all the opponents' ducks line up, you can cause um, yeah, I mean, I mean a real a bother. Great, it'd be a great tank to infiltrate with. Sorry to to. Um, outflank with wouldn't it because you could just yeah. come on the side but i mean i think it is a good tank it it's, a, it's a powerful tank this and um, it's got don't forget it's got 12 hole points as well so yeah. it's it's going to hang around and it's got the quad has cannons so it's a, it's a yeah. good thing i mean it's super effective um really difficult to deal with particularly even with the terminator army because you know you're going to get hit by strength eight ap2 and not that many things have got um Eternal Warrior, for example, so against two wound Terminators like Fire Drakes, it's going to make a mess of them as well. Um, and it doesn't stop, does it? That forty-eight, you know, keeps going until it reaches until the end of about 40 inches. inches. Yeah. So you have to know how to deal with these. And I think I've seen these being terribly effective when people don't know how to counter them. And the, count, the only the only counter you can do is to spread the hell out. Mm-hmm. Um, I came across one games event. Uh, was it last year? Yeah, it might be last year. And there were there were quite a few of them at that event. Actually, I think it was about three of them. And uh, I had my fell blade with me, so and this thing was causing merry bother. So I just basically drove my fell blade at it and just <laughs> just just blocked its shots with the fell blade. You know, using the fell blade to basically tank the hits from this thing. So um, I think if I was going to face armored breakthrough, this would be the you know if I was in, so I would this is the one I would take. It'd be great for dealing with armor breakthrough. This. Um, because you know you have to be really careful in your how you're deploying your army. Because generally speaking, with armor breakthrough, you don't move it too much. Um, mm. You know, you tend to kind of stick it up back and shoot with it. And of course, that's going to play right into your opponent's hands if they've got a glaive. So you have to then start moving stuff, which puts them in the charge <laughs> yeah. ranges of things. So it's a great tank. I think it's it's got a bit of a reputation now, though. It's it's one of these that's got that. Um, people look at them and sort of roll their eyes a little bit. Um, we'll come on to the, the the main tank that causes that effect, but I think it is um, you know, it's it's anything that ultimately you don't get a chance to save against. So it ignores cover, for example. Um, people get a bit funny about. So it can make a proper mess of armies if you get it right. But I think yeah. it's one of those things where it's not so much the tank; it's about knowing how to deal with the tank. Yeah, okay. I've got one of them, and I'm taking it to London. I know you are, so expect some eye-rolling. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Um, um, okay, so over to the um, Falchion, which is another model from Epic, which it was the equivalent to the Shadow Stored with a twin-linked uh, volcano cannon, which it still has. So, yes. But it's not turreted, it's hull-mounted, so it can only hit what's in front of it. But it's a Titan Killer. 
Yeah, and I, I don't like the look of this tank. Particularly, I've, I mean, I've seen them very nicely painted in um, Imperial Fist colours and stuff. Um, so there are some quite nice versions. But out of the three variants of the Fellblade, I think this is you know the most unpleasing to the eye. Um, D weapons again, people they're one of these weapons. They're a bit like a Venator tank. You know, you look at them on on paper, you think, wow, strength ten, two shot strength ten. Um, you know ordnance it's going to murder everything that comes into it and when you get it on the table and throw the dice you get a one and a two to hit yeah. the same happens so many times with d weapons either they scatter off although this one is twin linked or you're, you're rolling twos and threes all of the time yeah. and what you really want is the sixes so <clears throat> and you're, only, you're, going to get, you're going to get six shots with this through a game generally speaking so you know you're going to have to do some fair damage with six shots yeah that's mean, all it can do. i think it's, it has the side does it have the side Last cannons as well. Yes, I believe it does. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it, it and twelve will, hull points. It will make mincemeat of um, of of inventory, but it's not what you want it to go up against. I think if you're given the choice, I think that the the glaive is a is a better all rounder, and then the going further back, the fell blade itself is probably the most versatile of these. Whereas I think the falchion, like you say, is a would be a good tank to have against a big titan, for example because your chances of missing it are much less. Yeah. Um, but you're still hoping for those sixes. And uh, when you don't get them for a whole game, it gets very depressing. Oh, indeed. Definitely. Okay, so uh, what's next on the list? It's a Stormblade. You've got one of these, Graham, haven't you? I have. Nasty I have. old tank. It's got a plasma blast gun, <laughs> which you normally see on Titans, which yes. fires a 10-inch blast, which basically kills everything it hits. Well, I wouldn't go quite that far. I mean, it doesn't ignore cover. <laughs> no, for the no, start, that's true. And obviously, but you, know, it, you are going to get an invulnerable save. But yes, it's yeah. it's got a big blast template. So seven inch. Now this is uh, actually a ten inch. So the, the big big blast template. Mm-hmm. Uh, strength ten, AP two. Yeah, and a one yeah. shot primary weapon. So you re-roll armor pens. Yeah, um, it's a great gun. And and you can add on two pairs of las cannons and twin linked heavy bolters yep. as well. Yeah. And the second fire neat. mode, which is also really good, is um, you get two shots, seven-inch blasts, um, strength um, AP2, so a really effective anti-infantry um, shot as well. Probably one of the most effective there. So, yeah, I have one of these. I think they're great. Um, personally, given the points uh-huh. value and the effectiveness of this tank and that it doesn't have it doesn't come with the um eye rolling of the glaive or the typhon this is this would be my super heavy of choice if i was you know gonna play it <clears throat> and speaking of typhon this is we'll, we'll talk about the typhon now so it's a tank yes. designed by perturabo which basically is a massive vindicator well more like a big brother on steroids really um yeah big brother on steroids um, it's yes. armed with a dread hammer siege cannon, but can only fire 24 inches if it moves or 48 inches if it stays still. But that said, it's a super heavy, so it can move 12 inches. So effective range of yep. 36 inches. Um, the cannon is strength 10, AP1 ordnance 1, 7 inch blast with no cover saves allow- allowed. Boom. And it can also take two las cannons. Is it ordinance yes. one or is it primary weapon one? It's ultimately the same, um, the same effect, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's primary oh, weapon, no. can you re-roll? So is it two dice, but the highest? I can never remember. Uh, oh. 
have to look up now. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it also gets a plus one on the Thunder Blitz table, which means yes. there's no risk of no effect and eff- essentially makes it ram at strength 10. So it's a devastating attack. It's a devastating tank. I've well, this is the one that we see the most of, isn't it? I have one yeah, of these as well. Such a, such, a good, <laughs> such a good tank. Yeah, I did, um, I, did, I did a swap with Scottish Graham to get one of these. So. Uh, um, I'm not sure what I'll do with it. I, w- I, I probably will put it with the Ultramarines, but, um, yeah. Um, I think this is a really good tank. I mean, it, it's too good, if I'm honest with you. <clears throat> it, it, it's already had a points boost um, up from previous editions. Um, the, the problem with it is, it's, like I say, it's too good. Uh, 48 inches is a fair range. That blast template is massive. Um Strength ten, so anything that's you know hasn't got Eternal Warrior is going to die. Uh, AP one, so if it does hit a vehicle, it's blowing it up. If it gets a penetrating hit on fives, and you get no cover saves at all, uh, which you know hugely depressing. The worst thing that can happen is that you know you've got your army on the back line or whatever, and this thing shoots at it, and it just you just take an armfuls of figures off if you if you position them incorrectly. And my advice for a counter for this is you have to spread your units out. You absolutely have to, or you're going to get murdered. And yeah. um, the other alternative is that you want to get away from it and try and force it to move somehow. Mm. So it gets better fire. So you, you, you halve its range, basically. Yeah. Or you hope you go first and just shoot it off the board. You have to do something. You can't. This is a tank that you cannot ignore. It will yeah. wreck your day. And it's um, very cheap for a super heavy as well. It is it's yeah. armor fourteen all round, so even you know, even close combat. If you had a, a guy against a squad of power fists, for example, they still need sixes just to get a glance on it because the rear armor is fourteen as well. And like you say, the thunder blitz plus one—that's a really good tactic. Um, there's some confusion, and I must admit, I've I've gone one way and then the other on this. Which is, uh, if you do a thunder blitz move or a, a ram move in the in your movement phase, can you then fire the cannon afterwards? Um, and I've, I've looked at the rules and oh. I can't remember what I what decided for. I think the last time it came down was the fact that you can do that. So basically you can thunderblitz somebody or something yeah. and then fire the gun afterwards. It's worth having a look at. I believe you can, but someone who knows the rules might better than me might. Um, yeah. So yeah. it's the problem is, it, like I said, it's too good a tank. And if you turn up uh, the way in my kind of show notes for this particular one, what I said here is that if you want to lose friends, get a Typhon. Um, and just get a Typhon. If you want to be genuinely hated in your local gaming community, get two of them. Um, because I think, can you take two of these in a Panoply of War? Because there's six whole points. Well, you, yes. well, you could take the. Um, or that, yeah. that other. That other um, yeah, War Machine Detachment. Yeah. Or you take the Onslaught um, yeah. or Forsog. Yes. And then you get two super heavy choices at, and at 800 points for the bulb. Well, if it's 190 points is going to be where it is for yeah. the two. Yeah. They're going to fit comfortably into any sort of, yeah. um, you know, sort of 25%. Do not do this at home, kids. <laughs> <laughs> the, the you good, will lose friends. This is a friend shredder. The good this thing about is. it is, is that it only has, um, it, it only has, um, two, oh, sorry, six hold points. Six hold points. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, but it's a small, it's a small, um, you know, if you can go turn one and you can get some shots on it with something like Iron Havocs or something with Tank Hunter, 
you know, you've got a good chance, but um, anything else you have to deal with this. It's just such a pain. So yeah, it's a good way to lose friends. I think is the best way to describe it. Thing. Now I have one and I used to play it. Uh, even I, I would actually, I even, this is how bad it is. Okay. I stopped playing it against Mechanicum. So just to get it now. <laughs> well, that's, that's your own fault. That's your own stupidity. Yeah. It is. Well, uh, because as I said, I've got one, but I'm not sure what I will be doing with it. Probably for the Ultramarines. I'm going to use it mine and I've, I've, I've stripped it and I'm, I'm starting to paint it, but I'm going to use it with my world eaters. If anybody, because my world eaters aren't a strong army. So I don't think it would be too bad. It would be one thing. Yeah, the rest of the, the rest of the army isn't as yeah isn't. Well, yeah. It's, uh, and it'd be, it's, a, it's one range thing when you've got your various salt heavy armies, isn't it? I mean, yeah. So you know, but it is you know, is it a great um, super heavy choice? Yes, if you want to be competitive, it is. Um, with whether you would want to do it for friendly games, I would advise caution. From my own personal experience, well, I, I've been on the the receiving end of yours, Graham, and it, uh, you know, it's not pleasant. But then again, that's, that's what they all say. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm more, inv- I'm more about having the game rather than, you know, winning. So it's never been bad with me. So that's why I stopped playing it. But anyway, like I said, it's a great tank. It's got oh, everything going for it, um, but just use with caution. Okay. So then we've we got... see them, so we see them everywhere. So yeah. Yep. Then we've got its variant, the Cerberus. Chris, you've got one of these, mm. haven't you? I I do I have I've I've used it once. Yep, it's basically it an impulse purchase and a half. Yeah, it's yeah. got a twin linked neutron laser battery, which is a seventy-two inch range, strength ten, AP one primary weapon that fires D three time, times, and yep. like the Venator, it causes snapshots on a penetrating shot. Uh, sorry, penetrating hits, not shots, including other super heavies. So it's one of the only two ways you can get super heavies to do snap shooting. But if it fails its penetration roll, there's a one in six chance it loses a whole point. Uh, also yes. comes with a flare shield to protect its front, which means it's a real pain to kill. So yeah, because it armor fifteen at the front and yeah, I've I've never seen one in in the flesh. I'll I'll bring it to London so you could admire it from a. <laughs> um, it's it's a cool. I like the look of it. I can't remember. I don't remember why I bought it. I think I just wanted to say that it was big and an alternative to the Typhon and I didn't want to go for one of the sort of the blade options as it were. Yeah. Um, I've, I've only ever used it once, so I can't really rave about how successful or unsuccessful it was for me. Um, I, 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 there was a, it, on the 30k channel, the game I had, the guy had one of these and I was like, oh, I'm not going to worry. I know how massively ineffective these things are, but you know what? Actually, if it gets going, it, it it can go through vehicles because it's the AP one again, and that was the key. Um, yeah, it's got a long range, seventy two inches. The only thing is, it's this weird feedback thing that you can lose a hole point when you fire it if it doesn't do a penetrating hit, which none of the other Venator style tanks have. Um, so it's a bit of a what's well, a bit of a you know. Not double-edged sword, especially yeah. when it's only got six hole points as well. Yeah, and plus you know, the D3 shots rather than, you know, you can end up with, you know, well, it's one shot or three shots, isn't it? But most of the time it's probably going to be one if you're rolling like I do. So, yeah. Um, you know, I think that if you were going to wanted some serious anti-tank and you had the slots, you'd be better off getting two better to tanks 
Mountains of Carnage. Yeah, but then again, four shots. There's so much the same kind of weapon profile. There's so much in the heavy support choice that, that if you want to shut down someone super heavy with a with with, with the, the 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 neutron laser, maybe this is better because it frees up your heavy support slot. So yeah. That's a good point. It depends what you got. I mean, if you're an Iron Warriors player who has an extra heavy support slot, then maybe not so much of an issue. But yeah, yeah, and yeah, it is. I, I mean, I don't. I think it looks a bit weird. Um, Chris likes it. It's a, it's a bit of a Marmite tank for me. I I like the look of it, but it's a bit weird. It's a bit weird. So now we'll move on to the most iconic of all Lord of War choices, the Thunderhawk. Okay, so. I remember when they sold these as metal. Yes, <laughs> yes, they did. And you couldn't it's use it in the game. You just had to. Put, you just had to say it's flying over this section of the board and it's hitting this bit and this bit and this bit because you couldn't, you know, put it on the board. It was so heavy. Wow! Um, and it's had a new model, which is much. They came better. with like a, in a in a wooden case. Didn't yeah, they? it came with a wooden case. A I've seen I've seen a couple of them in the flesh, um, and good lord, I would not want to have built one of them. So much pinning would be needed. I think you have yeah. to solder, solder them together in places, don't they? You? you have to actually melt the lead and solder the thing together, which just sounds like probably a probably be a good idea. Anyway, so they just brought out a new. Well, I say just last year brought out a new version, which is a really incredible model. I mean, I I saw my first one in the wild um, at Company of Legends with Pete Reese, and he brought his thousand uh, someone, and it's. I was going to say, is that one, was that one of the new ones? Yeah, 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 was one of the new ones. It's fantastic. So. It's armed with a Thunderhawk cannon, which is a strength 8 AP free primary weapon with a massive blast. And you can replace that with a turbo laser destructor, which is the same one used by Titans, which is strength nice. D AP2 primary weapon large blast. So, yeah. um, also got four Sponson mounted twin linked heavy bolters, two LAS cannons, and six Hellstrike missiles, which you can replace with heavy bomb clusters. And you can also upgrade its rear armor from 10, which is quite weak for a Lord of War, really, yeah. uh, to 12, and give it things like a flare shield, chaff launcher, etc. So wow. it can transport 30 models and can carry bikes and jump infantry as well. Bikes, how cool is that? Yeah. I'd love but, to see that. But but a bike bikes. shot at the back of one of these. <laughs> yeah. uh, it can also transport dreadnoughts, but only the Cassifarian ones, not contemptors. And That's they the box dreadnought, yeah? Yeah, box dreads. So limited use but yeah i mean that gun the, the, that sounds great on the top of it which is this um strength this d weapon again you've got to line that shot up haven't you yes it's not a which is difficult with a with a flyer because it's got limited maneuverability and it's a massive model as well yeah you've so, got to build well, your own flying base for it sorry mate you've got to build your own flying base for it and that oh, comes God, with its own yeah, so, absolutely mental so yeah i'm not sure in terms of a a game from a gaming point of view and purely from a gaming point of view it's probably massively ineffective looks fantastic though um and i've come across one i've actually fought against one at the uh, element games event and it was pretty useful but um would i would i buy one is the question no just transporting the thing around would be would be hell on earth yeah that's exact same issue that i have um transporting it um it's not it's not easy to do so. You definitely need your own car. Um, and it's, it, you know, it's, it's going to be a pain to get anywhere, but you know yeah. what? It's a really nice model. I'd love one one day, yeah. but 
Um, a, I wouldn't feel confident having to drill into it to put a, you know, a, a, an acrylic rod for a flying stand. You know, it, yeah. it's a very expensive model to do that with. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah. It does look great, then. It really does look good. And it is very iconic. It's, it's an yeah. iconic figure, isn't it? So moving on to what many people consider the joke of the category, the Thunderhawk Transporter. Yeah. Well, not even available at the minute. <laughs> I've yeah. never seen one in the wild. Neither have I. I think it's... it's I mean, Do you want to deep strike your Land Raider with rust in it? And yeah. um, can it, what can it carry though? It, it can, can carry, carry Rhino or Land Raider chassis vehicles, which means I, I I was speaking to someone on Facebook about this category and you know what 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 would they like to see covered? And someone said, you know what, the Thunderhawk transporter, just put two Vindicators in there and drop them behind enemy lines. Yeah, yeah, which should be like a bit okay. Yeah, deep striking Vindicators. Yeah, I'm not convinced. I mean, it's 400 points, isn't it? Base. Yeah, yeah. Um, then you've got to buy this stuff. That's, to all it, that's all it kind of can do, isn't it? Yeah, it just picks stuff up, drops it away. I mean, in theory, someone has suggested that you know, there's nothing in the rules saying you can't pick up someone else's vehicles. That's <laughs> that's a bit much. Yeah, there is. Yeah. You can't. Why don't you number somebody else's model? Can you? No, I think I, th- I think you can't do that. But some people are convinced <laughs> you can. Not that I would try it. No, I, I wouldn't even take the model. It's it's just not unless you're playing a huge game with lots of Lords of War on a massive table like they have at Warhammer World. You know, like a whole yeah. row. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the type of table where an Earthshaker cannon sort of runs out of room. It would look cool, and it is, a, it is a cool looking thing, particularly if you modelled it with, you know, some vehicles underneath it. Yeah, but, but would I? I mean, you could magnetise them, couldn't you? Yeah, you could. You could magnetise all of your rhinos. I'm never gonna. I'm never even gonna consider buying one. <laughs> not, not a chance. Even if they bring it back out, I would never even. Okay. It, it, no, I think it's got all the nopes for it's, me. It's it's all the nopes. In, all a, the in a general crap. game, I don't see any point to it. Okay. Um, Okay, so then on to the Stormbird, which is really expensive, both in cash terms and points. Looks good, though. I mean, it's really impractical to actually use in-game. Again, unless you've got a board that would be an issue for, say, basilisks. You know, you know, like one of the long tables at Warhammer World. If you if you got a bunch of them all together, just have one game. So, that you know, the type of room that a basilisk would run out of room to hit stuff at yeah. the other end. But... I mean, it's massive. I mean, it's... Do they still do the landing pad for it? Yes, they still do the landing pad yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. It basically takes up a whole run with battleboard tile. Yeah. I mean, wow. it's 14, 13, 12, 12 hull points, armed with five turreted twin-link glass cannons, six dreadstrike missiles, which are strength 10, AP1 ordnance small blasts. Oh, you, have you got your um, you got your microphone by uh, some cloth there, Chris? Sorry. Yep. <laughs> okay, so yeah, which you can replace with a single use apocalyptic barrage um that hits 3D six times. Oh, and it can also buy an orbital strike, which is strength D, AP one massive blast, indirect fire only, which can be used multiple times. Wow. That um, apocalyptic barrage is the one where you've got the kind of moving barrage thing, isn't it? Yeah. So it's wow. 3D six times. (laughs) Horrible. And it's got two void shields, 
um, which become a 12 inch bubble if you're in hover mode. So, you know, you hover it and then you've given everything you put on the ground there into a void shield. Um, it's got a transport capacity of 50 and can carry just about everything, including dreadnoughts, fully loaded rhinos, which take up 10 and 25 slots respectively. Um, but yeah, it's a lovely model, but honestly, completely impractical. Yeah. It's one of those things, isn't it? Where you just <coughs> there's about six people on Earth that have bought it, and that's made the kit viable for Forge World. And they've had to make some rules up to go with it at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's. I personally think it's. I personally think it's too big to. I think it's too big yeah. to be practical to use in a game. I mean, we know, as we said, Pete Rees with his Thunderhawk, he's got a Stormbird. He's used it in game. And there's an excellent picture of him, of it, you know, about to ram a, uh, a warlord titan. But that's northwest, you know, they're, 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 yeah. they go big they're there. Crazy over there. Um, you... <laughs> but yeah, no, um, it's, it's a, I mean, I think it's, it's, you know, the, it's, it's got some practical rules, to be fair. You know, this is a model that you would drive on and land, and then it would be, you know, be doing its indirect fire, which I quite think is quite a cool idea. Um, while everything else kind of drove out of it. But, you know, there's probably more effective ways of getting, you know, 50 models onto the table, to be truthful. Um, but I think it's one of those rule of cool things. It just looks great. And I think it looks better than the Thunderhawk, if I'm honest. Oh, definitely. But again, I don't want to drill in to the bottom of it to uh, put a flying yeah. stand on there. And I wouldn't want to put it on a table flying because it would just, I'd be worried it's going to fall over. I think, yeah. you know, if I had the money to spend on it, I'd be getting something else i don't i want to see because i think it's how many, it's up there how many human pounds is it that's the thing oh the stormbird oh it's 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 pricey <laughs> uh it's i'm just i've just opened up the i've just i've got the window 775 okay. pounds goodness okay man. so it's oh, yeah they still have the tile that's, available that's three that's three orions they still have the tile mm. available but they don't have the bundle with the tile and the ship anymore oh they've got the bundle that's with a the, disappointment they've got the bundle with the tile and the thunderhawk just not the um the stormbird I just wonder whether, you know, for that kind of money, I mean, I don't know how much a Reaver is, but that would probably be a better, you know, better, better investment potentially. But anyway. A Reaver's 480 for the body. 480 for the body and then the weapons. The weapons aren't that much more expensive. I think they're about 60 quid per weapon. Got it. Um, So, So, yeah. yeah. Or even two Warhounds. Yeah, that would also work. Very true. Cool. So, Warhound of Roger Knights. Buy a Warlord. Yeah. Spending seven seventy-five quid on a super heavy, you might as well go. You know. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna spend that much, go for a Warlord. Go for a Warlord. Okay. At least okay. you might use it. So then we've got the la- the last World of War for the for the um, Legion of Societies, which is the Mastodon. Which now is- you've got one of these. I do have yes. one of these for my word bearers. It's a massive yes, transport. It can it take. 40 models in it. It can carry Castafarium or Contemptor Dreadnoughts, which take the space of 10 models. Now, I've seen this used on a game on YouTube, and I think it was the 30k channel, and it was a word World Eaters one, and bursting out of it were a close combat Dreadnought, 20 tactical marines, and 5 red butchers. Nice. And that nice combo. Brutal. Now, it's got a Siege Melter Array, which is a really powerful melter gun, but it's only got a 12-inch range. Um, it's Strength 9 AP1 Melter with four, four small blast templates, but again, 12-inch range. Not 
not fantastic. Um, it's got a Sky Reaper battery, which is a 48-inch range, strength 7, AP4, heavy 5 weapon, which has Skyfire and Interceptor, as well as being twin-linked. So, you know, you've got your anti-air taken care of there, so you, so you don't need to worry about that if you've got one of these on the board. Um, it also has two Sponson-mounted LAS Cannon and Heavy Flamers, which allow them to fire Overwatch um, if the Mastodon is transporting a unit when it's charged. So they can be quite useful. Um, really, its purpose is to get your guys into enemy lines, which it does pretty well because it's got two voice shields. And if you destroy it, you roll a dice at, D, uh, at minus D2, and if the result is one or less, it stays on the table as a set of ruins. So it's it's an interesting vehicle. I've used it a couple of times. I've only been able to use it a couple of times, but you know, it 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 gets people where you want them to be. I'm surprised how it's only got ten hull points. I just looked at the stats for it. I thought it would have more than that. I mean, it's still a tough nut to crack. Don't get me wrong, but but yeah, two two void shields, and it's fourteen all round as well. Actually, isn't it? So it's, it's yeah. A- so t- it is a tough nut to crack. Armored ceramite as well. Mm-hmm. But it's not it, it, it's not a vehicle for um it's not really an offensive vehicle. It's it's very much a transport. Yeah, it's a it's a delivery yeah. mechanism, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, that that world eaters, you know, bursting out on close combat dreadnought and tactical marines and red butchers. Yeah, that's really gonna mess somebody's day up. But like you say, seven hundred points. So what's the minimum game size you can do? Uh, 3,000. Well, 3,000. Well, you can go a bit, you know, if you go for a funny number, you, you can get it in, but 3,000. But yeah, really like, like 700 points is a lot. Yeah. Um, a bit wrong, isn't it? I mean, you I... have enough points to fill up. I personally think it's a little over-costed, um, yeah. but, you know, that's just me wanting to use it more. <laughs> I would have actually. I mean, 600 points when you, would be reasonable, I think. Yeah. I mean... But it's a it's a great model. It's it's absolutely lovely, full of detail. I love painting it. Um, and it's uh, big. I mean, it's really big. I I didn't realize how big it was till I saw it on the table. Yeah, because I played it against uh, you. Yeah. yeah. Um, on your one, have you got that? So you can view the inside still. Uh, you can open up the doors, but I but I found that it was best with the t- the top glued on. Yeah. Um, I know some people leave it so you can take the top off so you can see inside it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I did do a full paint job on the inside, and I really wish maybe I'd put in some LED battery, uh, not you know, lights or something. Oh, there's no lights now. Um, so you could actually see some of what I've done. Um, but okay, uh, I, I I asked this purely as a man that's currently painting a thing that has got a lot of detail on the inside and doesn't really want to have to put the effort in. <laughs> I think it's worth. Do you know, it do was you know enjoyable. How many insides I've ever painted of a vehicle? I'll give you a clue. No, it's less than one. <laughs> no, I found it. Enjo- I found it an enjoyable paint job, it, and it's a lovely model. I, I definitely, I, I love it. I just wish I got to use it more. Yeah. But, uh, not- I think there's a difference, isn't there, between like say a Mastodon, which is an expensive piece of kit in terms of physical money. Um, you might want to put the extra effort in, as opposed to you know just what I'm doing, which is a um a rhino or something. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's it. I mean, I've not done that much effort in the inside. It's all you know, bolt gun, but you know, um, lead belcher, um, yeah. washed, washed black, dry brushed, and just you know, done gem paints on the screens and uh, coloured paints on the buttons. Um, you know, you know, brasses and uh, golds on the pipes and stuff. So, 
it's not particularly, you know, fantastic, but it looks all right. It was interesting when this first came out um, and people knew my prediction for tanks. Uh, people said, oh, you've got to get one of these because it's a tank. It's like, yeah, it's not a tank, is it? It hasn't got a turret for a start. So. <laughs> it's, got a Sky Reaper. it's got a Sky Reaper battery. That's kind of a turret. Yeah, but no. It's a, it's a big it's a big Spartan, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 people are terrified of it. And I don't know why, because it's not that scary. Because, it, you know, it's got to get into you know if you can if you can beat it at range and if you can beat a spartan which frankly you need to be able to beat a spartan in this game um then you can beat them you can beat the mastodon it just it just takes a bit of wearing down because you know it can only move 12 inches um i mean i suppose you know it's not gonna it's gonna take a couple of turns to get into you so it's very killable. Yeah, I think we got a few whole points off it. I mean, it did it, it did what it needed to do, didn't it? And it got your guys where they needed to be. Yeah, because I always put space. like fifteen terminators. Oh, I always put. Oh, like, was that it again? Yep, <laughs> he is. Uh, I always put like fifteen terminators in it. Yeah, which you know maybe not the most effective use of it, you know, but uh, and and they're always Tartarus terminators as well, so um, you know not quite oh. as well, as well protected as the Catabrachi. So, but in it, summary, gents. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's a lot of You wars. know what my choice was? Mine was the Stormblade. What, what would you what would you be? If you were doing a, a army, what would you be looking? Which Out of all of those, what would be your go-to thing? So, first of all, aspirational, in which case mine would probably be the Stormbird. But in terms of day-to-day, what are you going to get the most use out of? Which, which one would you pick, do you think? Day-to-day, you... It's hard to look past the Typhon. Okay. If I was starting a new army, or if I thought I wanted to add something to the Imperial Fists, I would probably add the Glaive, just because I think it's cool. Okay. So, Michael, you've got a number of these on here already. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't realise quite how many I've got. I've got, I've got yeah. the Fellblade, the Glaive, and the Typhon and the Mastodon. So that's four. Yeah. Three of them built. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I need to stop buying models. Four of them, yeah. Four, you got four out of the. Then you got full house. So, which yeah. one of those would you say was the most depends on the viable region. from day to day? And which, and if there's one that you haven't got that you would want, which is the aspirational model that you'd like? It depends on the legion and the job I want it to do. Um, okay. If I was going to say the legion I'm about to start, the Death Guard, I'd probably go with the Typhon. Because I think okay. I think that fits them, you know. They use because yep. I think the 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 Death Guard are a very siege orientated army in themselves. Okay. Um, if that makes any sense, but yeah. more of yep. a chemically weapon, so they will use the nasty stuff. Um, yes. But aspirationally, I know you're saying that the Stormbird, but I think I prefer the Thunderhawk. Okay, interesting. I think it's well, more, there we go. I think it's more iconic. I think when you think of the Stormbird, you think of a more sleeker um ship. Um something yep. that looks, you know, more futuristic. Um whereas the the Sokar pattern, the one that the one that, that, that is available, is it looks like an a bigger Thunderhawk. And that's yep, what that's I don't a, like about it. Point. Gotcha. That's what I don't like about it. So if I'm going to go for something that looks like a Thunderhawk, I want a Thunderhawk. Plus, I'm there more it, likely to use a Thunderhawk in-game. 
Thunderhawk has got it's got history on its side, hasn't it? It's a, yeah. an iconic um, vehicle that's that's that runs throughout the whole of the sort of forty um, k thirty k universe. So yes, yeah, definitely. Okay, there we go. Okay, Very cool. So shall we move on and have a look at what lists we're taking to the London Heresy? Let's yeah, so. Okay, so let's have a look at our um, London Heresy list. So, um, Chris, would you like to go first? And yeah, I'll go. I'll happily go first. Um, so, I, as I said earlier, I put my list up for a couple of options for people to choose as to which one I'm going to be. Um, one of the two I'm going to be taking to London. So, I'm taking pure talons. There's no. Uh, lies or anything like that in my list it's just straight up talons of the emperor so the first list that i'm taking which is the one that the the listeners voted for um so within that list i've got uh valdor i've got a sisters of silence oblivion knight centura with a bolt pistol and a paragon blade i've got four hateron guards all with Paragon Blades and the Shields and Melter Bombs. They don't have the Array Strikes that I would normally put with them just because um, they're with Valdor, so they always hang out, so it's not really an issue. And then I've got my nine Scissor Silence Oblivion Knights. Um, just, again, nine of them, just to I have just ten Scissor Silence, and they all have Execution Blades. Cool. So this is a very. I mean, my uh, my lists are very assault driven anyway, just because of the armies that are involved. Yeah. Um, so for my of blades, that like innocent death on the six or something. Uh, I cannot remember okay, off the top of my head. Um, yeah. For my troop choice, I've got three six man squads <clears throat> um, of custodian guards, um, all with. Um, it's all with array strikes, uh, melter bombs, and one guy in each squad has got an adracite spear. Right. Which I've so I know which ones which I've painted the adracite spears um, black, so that I know where he is in the pack. As opposed because the rest of them I have kept them sort of gold. Yep. So I've, I've painted those out separately. Um, my heavy support option for the first list is a telemon with the Storm Cannon and the Fist, and then the Orion Orion Dropship is my final option on that. Lovely. And then my other list is fundamentally not a lot different. Um, It doesn't have the Sisters of Silence within it. It has Valdor, four Aquilian Terminators, um, all with the Power Fists, Array Strikes, Teleportation Transponders, the four Hateron guards, same loadout as before, mm. with the um, Paragon Blade, Shield, Smelter Bombs, um, Teleportation Transponders this time. Again, three Custodian squads, but no special weapons this time. They're just Guardian Spears throughout. Um, but I do have Array Strike Smelter Bombs, transporter, Teleportation Transponders. Uh, three Jet Bikes in this list. Um, only one of which I've given a uh, the, the Las Pulsar, the twin-linked um, Las Cannon, basically. 
because I know a lot of people don't like, sort of have been known to kit all three out with that. I just quite like they do home one because it gives me a few more options. Um, you know, the, the other two guys can really chew through Marines if I come down to it. And there's one guy that can target a tank or whatever at range. And I do have melter bombs as well. I've put a, uh, Arachnus heavy blaze cannon on my Caladius grav tank. So that's the, um, strength 10 version. It's got the two options of fire. So that's, gives me a nice balance of the two choices. And then again, Telemon with the storm cannon and the fist. Nice. And those are the two. Yeah. yeah, they're the two, the list that I'm going to be, going to be taking. How well I'm going to fare against some armies. I'm sort of looking at the list that are out there now. I don't know, but it, no, I'm not too worried, really. Just have some good games. And yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it depends on your opponents, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. People are taking it super seriously. It's probably not going to be quite so much fun. And it's always in, it's almost impossible to tell that from just sort of what's Yeah, exactly. Is. Cool. Um, yeah, so shall I talk through mine? Yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Um, so uh, I've got... Uh, my loyalist Iron Warriors because uh, the first guy out of the door always is Kier Valen. Uh, Chris knows all about him. Uh, so he's got a lot of buffs and things that we talked about him at the um, with the Iron Warriors episode. But um, a great character for the points. There's lots of cool things like giving one unit um, re-rolling ones if they're in a deployment zone um, uh, and also re-rolling um, failed cover saves of one if they're part of defence line. So some really cool stuff. So I've got him. Um, he comes with Artist for Armour and a Paragon Blade, and he's got six plus Feel of Pain. Um, he's also got a Servo Arm, which is quite cool. So then I've got um, a Siege Breaker. Now what I've stopped doing is kitting out Siege Breakers and Master of the Signals because they never really get to do anything in my armies because my armies generally stay at the back. So I've just basically gone... All I've given him is um, just power armor and a chain sword and a bolt pistol and a, a single phosphex bomb just in case things do get a bit too close for comfort. Um, and then my second, through uh, my third HQ choice is a martial signal. Again, nothing special, no um, artist for armor, just him, power armor and bolt sword and chain sword. Sorry, bolt pistol and chain sword. And then in my elite section, I've got a single um, Apoc 3, um, which I've just painted up, and uh, he's got nothing special either, except he has got an Augury Scanner, which is important because I need a third unit with Augury Scanners. Um, secondly, I've got my quad launchers, when, yes, they have got Phosphex. So I've gone gone big there, okay. uh, a, a powerful unit, to be sure. And then my third um, Elite Choice is three Rapier Weapons Batteries with the quad Heavy Bolters. So this is volume of fire time. Uh, if anything gets too close, that's going to be 18 shots, twin-linked. So that's what I'm going for for them. And then I've got three tactical squads, all the same. Uh, sergeants have got melter bombs, and the squad themselves have got extra combat weapons, and they've all got rhinos, and the rhinos have all got dozer blades. So these are going to be my kind of scoring units, the ones that get objectives, the ones that get in deployment zones. My fourth troop choice is a tactical support squad with just plasma guns. So all of them have got plasma guns. Nothing special on the sergeant, just straightforward vanilla kind of support squad. Uh, the idea here is that they, those guys would stay in. If there was any objectives in the deployment zone, they'd guard those. And I will put the, more often than not, I will put the Apoca 3 with them 
so that they've got a Aubrey scanner in case we get jumped by deep striking units. Um, and then my favourite section, so nothing unsurprisingly in the fast attack section, straight onto the um, heavy support, which is uh, a 10-man Iron Havoc support squad. Sorry, yeah, Iron Havoc support squad. So they've got, and they've got 10 last cannons. Um, the sergeant has got, uh, I've given him artists for armour so they can tank AP3 stuff, uh, augury scanner and last cannon. Um, so that's a pretty strong unit. Uh, then I've got, a two, I've got two Arcuses, so I've got double Arcus. Um, one oh, of those has got... Double Arcus. Uh, yes, double Arcus. Uh, one of them's got the Neuroflux Warheads, which is the instant death for things with mm-hmm. Cortex controllers. If they get too close, which I would just, just to be able to do that to um, the Mechanicum would be very, very pleasing. Um, and the Sky Spear Warheads, because we know that flyers are a big deal nowadays. The second Arcus has got the Sky Spear Warheads, but hasn't got the Neuroflux ones. They've got no sponsors on the side, which actually was an oversight on my part. I was like, oh, I've got a few more points. I'll put some more guys in. I forgot that I actually hadn't put any last cannons on the side of these guys. So they just got ah. heavy bolters and the Arcus cannons. Oh, sorry, and the Arcus missile launchers. So that's going to be a challenge. Um, and my final heavy support choice is a, uh, how many, six, seven um, Tyrant Siege Terminators. Um Obviously, the Siege Master's got the Omniscope, which gives the whole unit um, night vision, and also he he can do split fire, uh, and two chain fists in there as well. So they will basically have Keir Valen, the Siege Breaker, and the Marshal Signals join them, giving them Tank Hunter. I'll probably get them to do the reroll ones. Um, and then my last thing that I've got is the defense line. So I've got an Aegis defense line with an ammo dump and two barricades. So with as you can tell, this is going to be a very defensive army <laughs> that's just going to try and sit there yeah. and shoot its way out of trouble. So I think it's pretty strong, uh, and I don't think it's out of place in some of the lists that there are in that um, what we've seen so far. So I think it will be okay, but it is a strong list. I, I make no apologies for that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I'm going to get you know all manner of accusations, but to, yeah, there's no Lords of War, to be fair. No, no there aren't. Well, it's, it's, all, it's all straightforward stuff. But yeah, it is, it is, if it gets the right army, it will probably be quite devastating. But I very much doubt it's going to get the right army because I think Greg Dan has still not forgiven us for um, uh, questioning, <laughs> putting him on the um, no on the list of concern yeah. that uh, Company of Legend. So I was expecting the worst, to be honest with you. I don't think he has. Okay, so I'll run through mine quickly. Um, so obviously, word bearers. I'm a traitor. I'm taking Pride of Legion my right of war because I still only have one troop choice. We really need to sort that out. Um, so HQs, I've got a Praetor with uh, Catapratchi Terminator armor, digital lasers, uh, a mastercrafted Paragon blade, uh, and a Volkite charger. And he's also got Burning Law as well to make him a um, level one um, Psyker. Nice. Um, then I've got a Chaplain, um, which I have to have. Um, or a plain old centurion. Um, and he's got artificer armor, a burning lore again. So he's a, so he's a level one psyker. Um, he's got a jump pack, uh, melter bombs, uh, plasma pistol, refractor field, and a power mole. Um, as is a, as is a crozius. Um, then in my elite section, I've got some gal Vorback dark brethren. I've got five of them. Um, the dark martyr has artificer armor and a power fist. 
Um, then for my troops, I've got my single troop choice that I, the, the only troop choice that I have, um, which is a, uh, uh, assault squad, 10 man assault squad with, um, three plasma pistols, two, two plasma pistols in the squad and one on the, um, uh, what you call it, the, uh, uh, sergeant. Uh, and the sergeant also has artificial armor. Then I've got a Terminator squad, uh, five of them in Catapratchai armor, um, with, uh, uh, two combi bolters and power fists, one chain fist and a combi bolter, and one power fist and a Reaper auto cannon. Um, and then the sergeant also has a grenade harness and a power maul, as well as a combi bolter. Then they've got a, a Spartan assault tank as their, um, transport with armored ceramite, a flare shield, and quad las cannons, as usual. Then the uh, the next troop choice is a veteran tactical squad. So there's 10 men in there um, with melter bombs, two missile launchers and, sus- and a suspension suspensor web uh, of Excelia. Um, the sergeant has artificer armor and a power fist and they're using machine killers as their veteran tactics. And they're in a rhino with a dozer blade. Then bar- it machine killer. Uh, re-rolling uh, penetration. Um, yeah. pe- penetration hits. Um, then we've got a Zyte, which, you know, could come in handy with a power fist and uh, missile launchers. Um, then we've got a Xiphon interceptor, um, with an armored cockpit, um, shaft launchers and ground tracking auguries. Um, so that should be, that should be fun. And then heavy support squad. I've gone all out on the Volkite culverins. I've got a full squad of 10 men armed with Volkite culverins and an augury scanner on the sergeant. And nice. then finally, Lord of War is a glaive special weapons tank. Quadalized cannons, monsons, and no, it's naked. No upgrades on it at all. Wow. Not even armored ceramite. You've got a lot going on there. Um, there's all sorts there, actually, isn't it? So you've got some good air cover with the, um, the Zyphon. Zyphon. Yeah. You've got the Galvor back to cause people worrying times. Um, you've got the Spartan, of course. Um, you've got the Volkites, and you've got the Glaive. So some some points of concern there i think for people so yeah that's going to be interesting how that fares yeah i was trying to 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 give an all-round list that could deal with just about anything but yeah um maybe it's just too all-round and not not capable of doing much but uh, i'd be surprised if you you don't get some good results there because there's a lot of things going on which is cool hopefully but uh you know we'll we'll see how it goes um i mean looking at none of us have spammed stuff no, no, no. That is that's just what we do, though. But looking at the, the uh, is Chris eating crisps? No, no. It's me. Sorry. Oh, it's you eating crisps. Fair mm, enough. Um, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I never eat during this. I sit and starve for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Looking at some of the other lists, um, I'm glad I'm on the traitor side. See, I haven't looked at the tra- the loyalist list because I'm never going to face them. Unless that goes very wrong. Well, I'm quite um, far down in the um. Oh, warning there. I'm quite far down in the um the traitor list, so I've had to see a lot of them, and there's a, there's a fair number of thousand suns. Yeah, oh, yeah. Thousand suns. Yeah, I must have, I noticed that as well. Thousands and I think the only list on the trait on the loyalist side, which which jumps out at me as in I really don't want to face that, is a list of um which combines um custodies and mechanicum. Yeah. That's yeah. not me. That's not the, me, Gov. That's the only list that I, I, I look there and I say, I absolutely do not want to face that one. Everything else, I think, looks, you know, strong, but fine. I can deal with. 
I think it's going to be wading through lots and lots of thousand suns because there's a lot of them. But there's actually no shortage of word bearers either, actually. Mate. Yeah, a few word bearers. Yeah, I, think, I wonder if it's the fact that they're the only two psychic armies. Well, has something to do with. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Zardu Layak makes a few a few appearances. Um, but yeah, no, I think I'm I'm happy with the list I've taken. It's not gonna you know crush anyone. It's gonna it's gonna hopefully give me some nice well rounded games. Um, and I suspect I will get five entries into the losers lottery. No, you'll be sure. You know. yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what the. Because you know we're Gray's playing trade uh, lawyers, I'm playing lawyers, and you're playing the traders. We need to see what sort of experience we have playing the different different yeah. sides. Because yeah. this is the first event as a trio we've gone to where we've all participated for the whole event. That's true. Yeah, because Blood and Glory, you um, you know, you played one game, two games. I played two games. Yeah, so we need to see what sort of experience we have as a as a trio for the whole. Um, whole weekend sort of against people and because there are a lot of there's, there's 80 players yeah. I think 80, 80 something I think yeah, yeah. so biggest biggest heresy event I think that the, the you know independent heresy event yeah but uh, so I think that's going to be quite interesting to see what sort of um, see what's out there yeah, yeah definitely and there's a, there's a huge variety of different armies here isn't there and there's lots of gaming clubs and podcasts and things I mean the one there's an army that I would like to face just because I've never faced them before is the Night Lords um, that looks quite good fun and not not uh, not in a good way but you know what I mean it, it does yeah I'd be, be interested to fight them just to see what they're like it's um, going to be a, a bit of variety which is always yeah yeah. I mean with 80, 80 players you know, that's an awful lot isn't it I think so um what else? It sort of came out. I, mean, I think it's just the thousand suns and thousand suns and thousand suns. Yeah. I'm looking forward to putting the sisters against them and seeing what, how successful they yeah. are because it's the first time I've used them. That's the thing. I'm sort of I'm quite I'm quite looking forward to seeing how that goes because also it, you know they affect things with the demon special rule. So Galvor back, for instance. Um, oh, nice. You know. So yeah. I mean, this is you know we'll come around to the next step next episode and you know but both me and you Graham have both played Michael by this point at some you know by some bizarre twist of fate and we're not yes. none of us are talking to each other <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so yeah. shall we uh, move on and do our list challenge yes let's go for let's it do that. yeah okay so this is our our monthly list challenge and all three of us are participating this time. So yeah, it's been a while, um, isn't it? Cause we've been yeah. doing the little individual. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're doing cults and militia this time. Um, because, well, just because, um, I don't know why. <laughs> I think it was, we wanted to do something without power armor. That was yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, we, we want, I mean, we were talking about doing a cults and militia episode, but we've got to, we've got to work out how to do that because it's going to be a, a no. complex episode to do. There's some reading to be done for that, isn't there? Well, I think it might have to be split over two episodes. Okay. Oh, two-parter. Because there's a lot to Cults and Militia. It's a lot more than than you think. And we do like to waffle on. Anyway, yeah. so our list. So how about we start with Graham's list? I knew you were going to say that. 
<laughs> I was going to say Chris, and then I changed my mind at the last minute. At last, oh. So, so this list that I put together is um, so what I wanted to do here. So I had a theme here, and I wanted to create Forriches, who is the one of the protagonists in the Company of Legends um, narrative. I wanted to create his planetary defense force. Okay. So that was the that was the, the deal here. So, um, so he's basically, the traitor, yeah. So you want me? He's the traitor brother, yeah. No, no. Oh. Lucid is the traitor brother. Forrest yeah. is the is the is the defender. Ah, oh, so it's a PDF force. So yeah, so you're right. The other the other guy, um, solar auxiliary. Um, but we, I thought I'd do that solar auxiliary. And I thought no, I'll keep it to cults and militia because it, I wanted to have a look at the army list because I, I know a bit about solar auxiliary, so it was a bit of a challenge. So. It's, a, it's an interesting list to build because they've got a lot of options. Um, you know, it's, it's not straightforward. So I've given him some stuff. Um, uh, what did I give him? So I think the first thing you pick with these armies is the Musterer of Worlds um, upgrades or the Muster of Worlds. So I've given him um, Alchem Jackets or jack, sorry, Jackers and Survivors of the Dark Age because Ooh. that actually does tie in with the... With the um, narrative because this particular planet um was cut off from the rest of the imperium for some time because it couldn't find it so um that would make sense um so that gives um it gives you the option for your grenadiers to have um a different weapon loadout so he's got a digital laser mastercrafted single weapon melter bombs and he's a planetary overlord um which i forget what that does i have to look it up very quickly so um, where are we? Should we really looked into this. Apologies. So I'll come back to that. So he's my kind of HQ, just him on his own. Uh, and then I've got a grenadier squad, and, and I like this as a, as a concept. So you can give them advanced weapons, which gives plus one to their weapon strength. Okay. Uh, so all their weapons have plus one strength. Um, and so what I've done is I've created a twenty-man grenadier squad uh, with close combat weapons. Um, and they've got augmented weapons as well. So let me just um, get the details on that. So augmented weapons um, are, what do they do? So they're yeah, strength, strength there's no range, strength four, yeah. melee weapons. So they're just a melee weapon, and then they'd be plus one to their strength. So they'd be strength five because of the um, advanced weaponry upgrade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, plus I've given the, the two melter guns, which would be strength nine because of the upgrade as well. So that's pretty cool. So, um, but the the good thing about this unit is the entire unit can fit inside the Gorgon Heavy Transport, um, which is a great looking model if I had the money. Um, and the, the idea is that these guys would be driven forward in this Gorgon and to try and dislodge the traitors from whatever um, defences they had. So it's a really cool little thing, actually, the Gorgon. Um, it's got some good rules. Um, quite difficult to get through, quite a tough, tough beastie. So... 20-man Grenadier squad in the back of that. Then my second um, uh, Grenadier squad uh, would have, um, rather than having close combat weapons, would be like a shooty one. Um, but these guys would just have, um, uh, what have they got? Just the, the normal LAS locks, um, which are quite good uh, up close. Again, augmented weapons, because you have to give it to them. So, sorry, not augmented weapons. Um Advanced weapons, giving them plus one to their strength, so they'll be strength five shooting. And again, I've got a melter gun and a plasma gun in this squad, and those guys are in a rhino. And then uh, 
the other thing that, I, that was from the sort of um, fluff or the narrative of um, some of the stuff we did was that they they had snipers and they had um, reconnaissance squads. So I've picked two uh, reconnaissance squads with sniper rifles to sort of infiltrate behind enemy lines, um, which I thought was quite a cool idea. That would certainly fit with the story. And then um, we mentioned quite a lot about in the story anyway, about the sort of uh, uh, flyers and things. So I've, I've, I've chosen two uh, Thunderbolt heavy fighters because I think they're a really cool model. Um and I've given them a couple of upgrades, but just, yeah, really cool looking model, I think. And in heavy support, I've gone for the default for all militia, which is uh, Medusa gun carriages with breacher shells, because they really are evil. Um, there's no ways about it. That's a real tough thing. And again, it does kind of fit with the fluff. And uh, for my heavy support choice, finally, I've gone for a Lehman Rust squad with three vanquishers. Um, interestingly enough, with the um, Lehman Rust squads in uh, militia, you can only take heavy bottles or heavy flamers for their side sponsors. So uh, just a just a point to remember. But yeah, so that's my kind of anti-tank. My um, reducers would be keeping people back. And you mean my, on the, they can't take side sponsors? They take on their front weapon, isn't it? It's their... They can take a las cannon on their front weapon, but they can't take las cannons on their side sponsors, like they can with the guard, for example, or plasma guns even. Um, so, yeah. Go on. No, I didn't think you could take sponsors. You can you can on um, uh, the militia ones. You can't on the solar auxiliary ones. Oh, no, that's right. So, um, yeah. So, basically, the way this army would work is uh, I would have my 20-man grenadier squad screaming up the board in their gorgon, closely followed by their other grenadier squad. Uh, the two um, sniper squads would have already been deployed via infiltrate, and, and be looking to sniper people off. And my Thunderbolt's obviously going to come in from turn two to cause a, a huge amount of damage and bother. And the uh, artillery would fire willy-nilly, backed up by the three Lehman Russes all shooting at uh, any sort of tank or um, Spartans because they get armor pain. So there you go. My planetary defense force using the uh, cults and militia, which is quite good fun, actually. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, who wants to go next? Um, I can go. I can go next if you if you want. Yes, yeah, go ahead. Just to get it, get it done. Um, so I thought when we were doing this that I would because I've had a guard army before. I thought I would build them a, a solar auxiliary army using majority without using stuff that I probably have that I can use already. Okay. So, for my HQ choice, I've just taken a very bog-standard um, Legate Commander, just the cheapest option I can, because just for an auxiliary, just to have a an HQ choice. Yeah. I've then taken a Tank Commander as well, for 55 points. Always good. Yeah. Um, for my troop choices, so... With the auxiliary, you get the infantry tercios. So you have to have it's like the platoons basically that you had in um, have with the guard. So I've got two Dracosians, one with a demolisher, one without a demolisher, and for the is actual it, unit sections of is those, it a solar so, auxiliary list. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. 
No, that's all right. Don't know how I missed that. Um, for a lab gone for a Laz rifle section, and one Velatara storm section, because when you take a demolisher with the Jacosian, it takes ten out of the. Um, that's it. The transport capacity. Yeah, it takes up ten out of the transport capacity. Wow. So you can't. So if you see anyone rocking around with twenty guys jumping at the back one with a demolisher, yeah, it should only have ten in there. Got so I've got two squads of those. Um, and I've got, just, I've got two identical teams of, of yeah, a squad of 20 guys, a squad of 10 guys, all armoured up in, tra- in tanks. Because armour's the thing, you know, where I've... It's a, this is a very simple... There's not a lot to this list, but I wanted to get as many sort of big tanks on the board. That's why I've taken the demolishers on the Dracosans. Because they then they they solve two they serve two purposes ultimately. They do. They they become quite a good sort of backup battle tank. I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, in my fast attack um, section, I've taken three individual um, Lehman Rust battle tanks, um, all with armored ceramite, and that's it. Okay, just with the battle cannons. Just with the battle cannons. Uh, a Valdor tank hunter, which would be the tank for the tank commander. Right, just because yes. I want something that's going to have that. Because my thinking with the having the three battle tanks as the fast attack is, I've got them individually and they're chucking up the blast templates. They're going to get through troops and things like that. Mm-hmm. But with the Valdor, it, it can get through a, you know, it can cause a nuisance and also. It's one of the, another, you know, that other tank that can snapshot, um, cool snapshots to, yeah. um, super heavies, super heavy. yeah. which I think is pretty useful. Mm-hmm. How, um, how many shots is it for? Is it two or one? It's two. Oh, cool. Um, and because I've got the, what? Well, it used to be the um, tank hunter. Uh, destroyer tank hunter destroyer, yeah, from Forge yeah, World. That, one, yeah. yeah, they don't make that anymore. No, and that's a really cool so model as well. Isn't it, it is. So I thought if I was going to do this list, that would be my um, Valdor tank hunter, as it were. Okay, because you'd have to probably do some conversion because it's the Valdor's a bit bigger, isn't it? It's the yeah. Same, same as the um, complete what the chassis is. It's a Malgador chassis. Yes. Yeah. And it has sponsors and things. The the Val the Destroyer doesn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with a bit of tinkering or whatever. But, no, I thought that'd be quite... It's, a, you it's know. a good looking model, that one, actually. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I think they're both really cool. Um, and then my last um, thing is... Oh, no, it's just... Sorry, but I've just escaped me for a moment. There we go. Um, I've taken the Executioner, Lehman Russ, which is the Plasma. Ah, oh, that right, uh, okay version because when you want to chew through AP2 plasma turrets are the the executioner cannons the way to go it's heavy three blast it's just going to cause armoured ceramite and auxiliary drive as well and um, yeah that's so I've got it's all armoured basically and the idea is just you know shoot and hope and get the get the guys across the board but having the the Chocosans with the demolishers also add a bit more oomph to it it's not a particularly exciting list, but it's quite a—it's—it's it's, it's sort of an armored breakthrough kind of 
it's got that feel it's totally. Good. Yeah. So it's plus one from me for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Michael, what about you? Oh, yeah. my list. Um, well, I I went for a horde, um, sort of. Um, I started off with uh, my um, going with a, a traitor list, obviously, um, and I've done a um, well, he's the force commander, but he becomes a cult demagogue when you give him um, the provenance of wars I've given him, which are um, uh, oh, which ones are they again? Um, cult horde and tainted flesh. So what they yeah, do is the tainted only, flesh. Take, yeah. tainted, That's when you only take a bit traitor, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, you can only take these as traitors. So the, the, the tainted flesh does, um, I'm just kind of to, to look it up again. Exactly. But the, the tainted flesh, um, oh, it's not, doesn't say it here. Um, it basically makes them, um, uh, rending and fearless. So, which is quite cool. Um, so, you know, they, they, they become, um, they, you know, they, they, you, you, but, and then cult horde. So you can only take your, um, um, your, 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 your inducted levy squads as troops. So, so the whole army becomes fearless and rending. Or just I him. think it's just, uh, I think it's, uh, I'm gonna have to open the book now. I am. Which one was it? The tainted flesh and. Uh, all eligible units and models receive the fear special rule and the feel no pain six plus special rule. That's right, not fear. And their close combat attacks gain the rending special rule. However, detachments' compulsory troop choices must be filled by inducted levy squads. It may not have more infantry units, ex- and it may not have more infantry units, excepting HQ choices of other types, than it has inducted levy squads in total. Yep. And yeah, mutant spawn. Yeah. So yeah, if they're eligible for it, then yeah. And then obviously they get, and they then with the cult horde they get zealot, and they must always charge the enemy if they're able to. Um, they may even charge when they fired weapons in the shooting phase, um, but they can only make snap shoots shots. Cannot go voluntary to voluntarily to ground. So, right. Okay. Um, that's, that's pretty scary. So they are, uh, they're scary. Um, okay, so I've taken, I've, I've given my cult demiagog. Um, I've given him carapace armor, uh, a cyber familiar. Um, I've given him an iron halo, um, a, a tainted weapon, which I've mastercrafted. So the tainted weapon, that's, um, that, that's a, a word bearer's thing. It's a, it's a specialist weapon, um, melee at strength user which gives instant death. So it's not that great on a, um, on a, on a, uh, on someone who is just, um, you know, a, a, a tough, a strength free human, but still. Right. So it's fives, I suppose, but it's still instant yeah. death. Yeah. He was going to get lucky, particularly against Mechanicum. Hopefully. And then I've got two rogue psychers. Um, one of them being an alpha psyker. They've both got tainted weapons as well. Um, the Alpha Psyker uh, is just uh, ever so slightly, um, he's got a, um, he's basically, um, he can, he can end up, uh, what's the word I'm looking, he's basically just a slightly better, better Psyker. He's, he's Psyker level two as opposed to Psyker level one. And the idea with these, these, these guys would be, they would be, um, um, uh, summoning demons. 
uh, to uh, add to the horde. And then in the elite section, I put in a squad of Ogrim Brutes. So I've taken three Ogrim Brutes, um, given them um, carapace armor, and they've all got power weapons. So they, they're going to provide the, um, the, 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 uh, the, um, uh, the tough guyness of the, uh, of the horde. Then I've got four inducted levy squads, all with 25, um, ex- uh, auxiliaries in them. Um, so they, they're going to provide my, um, the, the, the hundred men of the cult, um, who are going to just going to march up and try and rend people to death in their, um, with their, their close combat attacks. Although let's be honest, they're going to die pretty easily because they've got a six plus save. And they're only a uh, strength free, uh, toughness free, obviously. Then I've done a same as Graham. I've taken an auxiliar Thunderbolt heavy fighter, but I've only taken one of them and I've given it the flare shield and the ground tracking auguries because I think it's an awesome looking fighter. Yeah, it looks fantastic, doesn't it? It does. It really does. It looks phenomenal. So put one of them in. Then in my heavy support, I've got a bit, maybe probably a little bit too harshly here. I put in three, um, Medusa siege guns with the breacher shells. So to, to provide some. Yeah, so um, did I. So that's fine. Yeah. Covering fire for the, um, the horde. And then to, um, then I, this is where it gets a little bit interesting. I think I put in a auxiliary Malkador heavy tank, which I've given armored ceramite to a demolisher siege cannon, a dozer blade, flare shield, last cannon, siege armor, and a twin link las gun and cannon. Uh, nice. In place of his battle cannon. Oh right, rather than the battle cannon. Thing. Yeah, to, to to provide some plenty of uh, anti tank there. Uh, and then I've given them a Lord of War. I've given them a Bane Blade with armored ceramite, uh, heavy bolters, and um, a hunter killer missile. And I made it a super heavy command tank. I would have loved to have given it the sponsons, but it just puts it over the twenty five percent, so they're not doable. But that will provide. That, that, that's a nice big tank that'll provide something yeah. interesting. And then yeah. a bit left field here, I put in a plasma obliterator as a fortification. Cool, blimey, you really have gone off paste. Yeah, um, with a Majos machine spirit, um, which means it's a, automated fire is resolved at BS3. Um, two tank traps and a void shield. So he's gone, gone full on. So the idea being that the the the, 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 um, the Medusas and the plasma obliterator will um, will pound the, um, the 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 enemy while the while the cult starts moving forward. So got you. Hopefully, and, and the Malkador. and the Malkador. <laughs> that's 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 a good combo. That, that is a good combo. So it's sort of the idea that 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 the the horde are being pushed forward um by the by by the uh, ogrins as it were and the um and and the force commander while um the 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 medusa guns and the plasma obliterator sl- sl- you know clear the area in front of them. Yeah, no, I like that. That's a good plan. So yeah. I like the I like how that would look as well. I think it would look really cool. Yeah, just just the idea of a hundred useless squads, you know, uh, sorry, a hundred useless men. Um, that, that you know, I mean, they're fifty points a squad. <laughs> um, yes, no, they're not cheap. You get a lot, for, you get a lot for your money, don't you? Fifty points a squad. I mean, it's incredible. That's that's for twenty five. So it's it's two hundred. It's two hundred points for all my troops, and there's a hundred troops. 
Wow. That, that would be, would be a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, that would be the uh, any list that I would have to face as a Custos player. That would be the one I would like the least. Yeah. Because I just, I, I couldn't you can't cut through all that. Enough, no. you just Unless, especially if they're fearless. Yeah. Well, yeah, oh no, no, they're not fearless. Oh, they're fearless. They cause fear. Yeah, sorry, that's just, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're fearless. No, they're not fearless. No, it's but just they do cause fear. Um, yeah, but they've got feel no pain. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how you cut through that many people without? I mean, I, I, I don't think I could do it as cast as a castos player. I think most armies would struggle. Yeah, yeah, unless they've got something, especially big if you've and... got two psychers at the back. Um, yeah, you know, trying to to you know um, summon demons as well. That's just—it's outrageous, is what that is. You're a Roman. That's basically what we're saying here. Yeah. Yeah. We all seem to come up with the baddests. <laughs> yeah. Still, I think it is a cool list, and it's got a cool. Although it is quite, it's a strong list for sure. I think it's got some cool. Um, narrative driver, yeah. like the idea of a, a full-on, um, you know, uh, a full-on horde being driven forward by their dark masters yeah. to be uh, um, you know, sacrificed to the guns kind of thing. I mean, I've mentioned before I'm working on an army of dark compliance um, for my word bearers, which will feature a hundred cultists. But yes. the cultists are there mainly to provide a cover save to the word bearers, <laughs> which is actually in the rules. Yeah. You can use them as a cover save. Makes sense. Wow. Why wouldn't yeah. you? So, okay, so shall we um, put that up for a vote, I think? I'll figure out how to do that, because uh, at the minute, um, I think we can only put on the page two two choices, but I will try and figure out some way of uh, putting up three. Uh, I suppose we can vote and then just leave, you know, or do it in the comment section. Yeah, do it in the comment section. We'll do it that way. We'll do it that way. Yeah. Okay, then. Um, brilliant. So shall we move on to uh, upcoming events? Uh, yeah, okay. All right, so we'll just run through the uh, quickly run through the events that are coming up. Um, if we haven't mentioned an event, it's because it's all sold out or the tickets aren't yet available. Um, so, um, as always, keep, we keep a list of events on our website, so you can always keep an eye on that if you want, or if you want us to give us a shout out your event, drop us a message or email the rush at edgeofempire.co.uk. So quickly looking at gaming lists, we've got 13th of May, which is tomorrow. So a bit late if you're, if you're listening to this after this is the battle for <laughs> redeem alpha in Cardiff. Um, and that's being done by tabletop banter. So that looks quite good. Then the 19th of May, for which I don't know, I think tickets are still available, but obviously you'll be added to the list later on. But yeah, the London Heresy, um, where we'll, we'll all be at and we'll be talking about next time. And we've already spoken about what lists we're taking. So that's, that's happening. Uh, 26th of May is the, the desecration of Befa Safaf in Sterling, which is the Heresy Scott event with the Iron Brew themed custom dice. Oh, of course. Yeah. I've got my yep. Iron Brew cut dice. Yep. The same day, 26th of May, is Betrayal at Syrax, which is a Centurion event in Norwich. Um, then the 16th of June is another tabletop banter event, the Siege of Vultress, which is a Horus Heresy narrative weekend. And that's in Derby. 
Then the 1st of July is War of the Roses at the Holmfirth Gaming Centre, which me and Graham, I think we, we decided we're going to go along to this, aren't we? We we are thinking of going, yes. Yes. Not sure which side we'll represent because it's Yorkshire versus Lancashire, so either way we'll be fighting for Southerners. Correct. Uh, then 7th of July, there's Path to Confrontation 2018, which I think there are still tickets available for. I can't be certain for that one because they, they, they haven't updated the page for a while, um, and I've forgotten to ask. Then 21st of July is Betrayal at Inculabra at Staffordshire, uh, run by King Fluff, which looks like an absolutely phenomenal event with based on all the stuff they're, they're setting up for that. Then 28th of July is Call to Arms 2, the Nibulum Salvation in Eastbourne, um, which looks quite good, but um, I think we were looking at going to it, but I don't think we can, can we? Yeah, I think... Um, to, uh, Tom, who's organising it, did message me. I sort of, if I if I can, I think my holiday time is just not going to yeah. work out for me on that one. But um, not so great when you're working. The same. Well, maybe I'll, you know if they do something next year, I'll, I'll uh, look to get that, go to that, and see those guys. Yeah, that oh, would be cool. Okay, then there is the um, the the three weekends in a row. So that is the twenty fifth of August, the first of September, and the eighth of August. You've got the Death World Akar Part Two, the Rakalayan Wars. Um, the tickets for these went on sale on the fifteenth of April, but they haven't updated anything on their page to say if they've actually sold out of their tickets. I imagine they have because these events have proved very very popular. They're in Southampton, the thirty k frontier events, but I haven't. I haven't heard if they've sold the tickets out. So if you can okay. get one, go for it. But, you know, for all the, the, the fact that they're brilliant on their events, they don't uptake their pages very much. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, then I think in August, we haven't got a date for this yet. Um, we're thinking of making a bit of a pilgrimage to Warhammer World, me and Graham. Um, yep. To hook up with some people. Um, so possibility of doing that then i had suggested the one weekend but i realized that's the bank holiday weekend so might not there yeah. might be stuff on it that's just, yeah. in the world yeah. so we'll have to maybe the weekend before or something yeah then the 15th of september I'll, I'll, I'll send you guys a photo of me so you can take it and uh, you know yeah be there in present get one of my pro get one of my promo shots out and uh then we've got on the um 15th of september it's the horus heresy campaign weekend at warhammer world uh no details released for that as yet and then the 28th of september is company of legends special ops uh which sorry no tickets available for that yet and finally november the 2nd 3rd and 4th it looks like it's blood and glory and derby but cool they haven't officially announced the dates yet but i think that's pretty much Am I the only one thinking that September doesn't seem that far away at this moment in time? No, doesn't. it doesn't really, does it? it doesn't no, really. good. It's not just me then. No, I am. <laughs> okay, so other events that are coming up. Uh, obviously, it's if you're downloading this today, it's Warhammer Fest. It's probably too late to sort out going there. Uh, the 26th of May, there's the Black Library signing at Waterstone Leeds. Then the 1st to the 3rd of June, it's the UK Games Expo in Birmingham. I'll be there all weekend. Uh, and Games Workshop are one of the primary sponsors this year. Um, then the 16th of June is Black Library Live. Again, I'm going to that one. So I'm getting around at the minute. Uh, 15th of July, it's the Forge World Open Day at Warhammer World. I do want to go to this one. 
Um, 18th to the 19th of August, Warhammer Fest Europe in Dusseldorf. That's where I'm going. <laughs> uh, 22nd of September, it's the Autumn Open Day at Warhammer World. Um, 27th to the 28th of October, it's Warhammer Expo in Texas. And then finally, the 24th to the 25th of November, it's the Warhammer 40k Open Day at Warhammer World. Mm. And that covers the events. So busy, busy few months coming up. And obviously there are other events which we haven't mentioned, but their tickets are all sold out or are not on sale yet. So yeah. And they say heresy is dead. Absolutely. Okay. So we'll, uh, we'll go out to the close then. Okay, um, thank you for joining us this evening, or this evening, or whatever, whatever particular time you're listening to this podcast. Um, please do uh, leave us some reviews on iTunes, or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, um, and the links to all the stuff is in the show notes. So um, please leave us some comments. We'd like to hear from you um, and see you know, if we can improve the show in any way, or if you'd like to see a particular topic covered, particularly the list stuff, just give us a shout. So like I say, you can get in contact with us um, via um be either put a post on Facebook or send a message directly. Uh, or if you want to um, be a bit 90s, you can email us uh, at therush at edgeofempire.co.uk. Um, you want to help the show? Um, we do have an affiliate link with Audible, so you can sign up and get your Horrors Heresy audio box through them with a month's free trial. And after that, it's $7.99 a month. For audio book and Black Library books are on there. Um, we get 0.7 of a pence. So um, for you, we'd probably need about 80,000 people to uh, get us a cup of coffee. So it's not as if we're going to make a ton of money from it, but just uh, it'll be nice, wouldn't it? Oh, we have um, to get a couple of also, quid per person who signs up. Do we? Oh, well, there you yeah. go. Even better. We might be able to get a cup of coffee each. Yeah. Oh, I'll drink coffee as well. <laughs> also, um, if you want to help us out a bit more, uh, if you are buying some stuff um, from Element Games, just go through our link. Um, all your hobby needs are kind of catered for there. There's lots of cool paints and things, and I get my stuff from there, so does Chris. Um, yeah, I get my uh, bases get, and we, things. They're really good. We get a, yeah, we get a little kickback, um, which will, you know, one day we might be able to get enough to pay for not a cup of coffee, but maybe a, a burger between the three of us. So I know, right? Double I'm still burger. Aspirations. I'm, Aspirations. I'm still waiting for our, our um, sponsorship from uh, Hallmark in, and then all our problems are solved. Then we're done. Then we can just, you know, <laughs> go full time. So I hope you enjoyed the show this evening. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, we covered a lot of ground, as always. Um, but like I say, if you do have any comments or criticisms uh, or any feedback whatsoever, please do get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. So without further ado, uh, have a good month, and we shall see you all next month. So it is a very good night from me, Graham. And from me, Chris. And from me, Michael. Thank you very much. Good night. Take care, everyone.